I'm Dr. Future, your host. I invite you to join me as together we experience a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom, not Apollo, Bionic. You know, you had me fooled there for a minute. I thought when I saw your physique, I thought that must be Apollo there. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> the hair kind of gave it away. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you for another week of the Future Quake Show. And we have a very popular guest uh, mm-hmm. who is back for a return visit on the eve of his speaking engagement at the Last Days 2010 conference, April mm-hmm. in Nashville. Uh, we have Dr. Lynn Marzulli, uh, who is the author of The Alien Interviews uh, and also Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. Very popular uh, speaker, uh, radio show host, author, and guest. And we're going to be talking about Signs and Wonders, the current Last Days birth pangs and update. And Pretty light fare. Yeah, yeah. This Very should be relaxed. classic future quake material, yeah. right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you say we get right into it? Well, let's not just dilly-dally around okay. here. Okay, we got a lot of material to cover, so uh, here's Dr. L.A. Marzulli, and we'll be right back to wrap it up here at Future Quake. Sure. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Raging Bull, the Italian Stallion Bionic. Why in the world did you introduce yourself that way? Uh, it's... A very interesting piece of foreshadowing. It is foreshadowing. Okay, well, I'll take for your word for it. For much later in the interview. But, yeah. Well, ladies and gentlemen, on to serious matters. Uh, this week we have a fantastic guest that is very, very popular amongst our Futurian listening audience. Mm-hmm. We have a return visit from Dr. Lynn Marzulli, the author of The Alien Interviews and Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, as well as the Nephilim series. And we're going to be talking today about signs and wonders, the current last day's birth pangs, an update, mm-hmm. which should find a, a little bit of interest amongst our audience out there. Dr. Marzulli, it is great to have you back on the Future Quake Show. Well, it's great to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on, and it is a pleasure. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, I wish we could have you on more frequently uh, because you are. Um, uh, so prolific in so many places on the web and speaking engagements and things like this. You have such an enormous following. Uh, I'm afraid we would probably harass you too much if we if we had you on as much as we'd like to. Uh, for any of our listeners who are not familiar with your work or your background, I would recommend they check out our earlier shows with you. They cover your background in greater detail, and they can find those right under the Past Shows tab right at futurequake.com. But if you don't mind, I will briefly summarize them, and you can correct me as follows. It says, you are the author of the best-selling Nephilim series of fictional books, as well as, and we can check Nephilim off. We've got that in for the show. Nephilim Rockefeller. Okay, right. so we're done. We're, we're clear. Okay, as well as, the, <laughs> as well as the nonfiction books, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, and the Alien Interviews, uh, which I understand is now available in paperback with additional material added. Uh, you also host a regular blog at lamarzuli.net uh, and host a weekly radio show on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Pacific called The Acceleration. And you offer a newsletter and have also served as a minister and recording artist of worship music to top it all off. Did I, did I hit most of the half points? And, and that's fantastic. The only, only correction would be the blog is lamarzuli.wordpress.com, lamarzuli.wordpress.com. Okay. The uh, the website is lamarzuli.net. 
And it has a blog from the from the website. Yeah, I'm sorry, I presume that. that That's okay. It's a portal basically to get to the blog, <laughs> uh, which is a, a, a if you keyword search portal and Marzula, yeah. you'll get a lot Star of hits. Marzuli Stargate in that. Um, but anyway, tons of useful information. It is uh, Futurian heaven if you go to the Marzuli sites. Uh, the kind of information that I know you all are interested in. Uh, I also note that you will be speaking alongside Tom, myself, and others at the Last Days 2010 conference here in Nashville in April. Uh, having said all that, uh, what specifically have you been up to lately since the last about a year, a little over a year since you were on our show last? Well, we do a, a monthly news magazine, um, and there's a lot of different interviews, people people that I interview that come on the record from all different paradigms, all different points of, of view. Um, and not only that, but, of course, I get tons of emails uh, on, a, on a daily basis from people. Uh, what I'm discovering is more and more people seem to be uh, sort of coming out of the woodwork with either abduction stories or implant stories, or um, they have been uh, constantly harassed, let's say, by, by entities, some, some of these people for years. And so, of course, we're dealing with that. But um, in the Alien Interview book, which is interesting, or there's a there's a phrase which I constantly bring the reader back to, and we've talked about this before, UFOs. Well, while we may disagree as to what the phenomena is, what the cause of the phenomena is, we can't agree that it is real, burgeoning, and not going away. <clears throat> and so what I find really interesting is that uh, on a weekly basis, there's sightings that are someplace that are happening uh, globally. Our cattle mutilations continue. Human abductions continue. Human implants continue. Human mutilations, which are analogous to the cattle mutilations, have now surfaced. Uh, in fact, uh, on my show, Acceleration Radio, we interviewed Butch Wachowski, MUFON mm-hmm. investigator. Um, <clears throat> totally different paradigm than, uh, than you or me, but um, nonetheless, he came on riveting two hours, riveting two hours. And this phenomenon is real, and, it, and again, it parallels the cattle mutilation exactly. Uh, rectums are corn out, sex organs are taken, uh, the body is completely drained from blood, cookie-cutter-shaped holes in the body cavity, and on and on it goes. I mean, it's, it's, it's one thing when you see a cow that way. You can kind of go, well, maybe these aliens are so far above us mm-hmm. morally and ethically that you know it's for their purposes or their ways are not our ways type of thing. But the moment you plug in the human element to it, everything mm-hmm. changes. Everything changes. We realize that what we're, whatever we're looking at, and of course you know where I'm coming from with this, is highly, highly malevolent. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two schools of thought in even Christian uh, ufology. One is that all this stuff is spiritual and it doesn't manifest. And yet, when when we when we see the overwhelming evidence of cattle mutilations and human mutilations, um, this obviously is being done in real time. People are being abducted in real time, taken to some place, being mutilated. And by, I, I could get into the forensics mm-hmm. if you want, but it's horrific, absolutely right. horrific. These people are alive when this stuff is going on. Right. So it's torture. It's torture, and then killing, and then they're dropped back within the vicinity, the same vicinity where they were abducted from. So it's very deliberate. Mm-hmm. These entities are malevolent, they're evil, nefarious. Their intentions are certainly not benevolent in any way, shape, or form towards uh, towards us. And, of course, I believe that these are fallen angels, and they are doing what they have always done, um, and they're back. So that's sort of just mm-hmm. a quick thumbnail sketch of some of the areas of, of ongoing research 
um, that I continue to do. There's been some, real quickly, there's been some UFO flaps. And for any of your listeners, um, I've got a wonderful friend by the name of Richard Shaw. He's a film director, producer with his own camera equipment. You can go to pinlight.com, pinlight.com, and see some of his work. Some, one of the films which he's been working on is called The Torah Code, which is uh, extremely interesting. In fact, he went to uh, Israel and interviewed Eliyahu Rips, where the yeah. Torah Code actually originated. Um, uh, Drosnin really stood on the shoulders of Rips uh, and published his book, of course, but it's all based on Rips's research. And Rips got this from a guy called Weiss, I think it's Weiss Mandel, who uh, was a Holocaust. Yes, who yeah. was a Holocaust survivor. And um, he was copying the first five books of Torah uh, on index cards and uh, trying equal letter skips. And what, what, of course, astounded everyone is when you do that and, and you get the word Torah, which is, you know, what are the chances of that happening? Mm-hmm. Anyway, it, it, it's Richard. What I'm all glad to say this. There's a flap that's going on in Kansas right now, and we need about $5,000. Um, to get out there, film for a week, do interviews, and make a documentary. Uh, this is obviously a shoestring budget, but we can do it because because I'm you know it'll, I'm, I'm the talking head. I got the music end of it. He's got all the <laughs> film end of it. He's got the equipment. We're ready to go. We just need funding. So if anyone out there is listening to this and has uh, wants to invest in something worthwhile, which will expose mm-hmm. what this is. Uh, please call, contact me at lamarzuli.net. There's links to my email address, mm-hmm. lamarzuli.net, and uh, your contribution would be mm-hmm. uh, greatly appreciated. It might be even simpler. They could just send t- uh, $10,000 to us, and then we could forward 5000 on to you. I like that idea better. Uh, from there. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't sound like you're quite a Maytag repairman right now as far as lack, so. lack of activity uh, in this area. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh, like you said, if anything, things are continuing to grow in this area. People are becoming more intrigued. When you were reading some of those really diabolical uh, things that were occurring, it, it sounded almost as bad as what we read in some of these CIA shows that we have of CIA research, which makes you wonder <clears throat> where these people are getting their ideas from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like there's a, there's a relationship possibly yeah. between some of our own military and intelligence establishments and some of these higher powers to see who can be more ghoulish. Well, you know, you know, Alice Bailey and and uh, Pike and all of those other guys uh, who were Masonic and, and occult writers said there's going to the, come a the time. The usual lineup of suspects. Yeah, uh, th- there's going to come a time when we need to sort of uh, lay out a little bit of truth in apportionment to the masses. And uh, maybe this is maybe some of what we're seeing is that mm-hmm. what's going on, you know, mm-hmm. as far as as far as the stuff on TV and whatnot. Right, right. Okay, well, I want to jump right into our discussion about the topic of signs and wonders, which is what you alluded to with current developments that are going on right now. Uh, on on this topic pertaining to signs and wonders in the sky, what have such signs and wonders signified as represented in the Bible? And what are some specific incidents that have occurred historically as told in the pages of the Bible? Well, one of the big signs and wonders which we can look at is the Bethlehem Star. And this will tie us into all sorts of things which are happening in real time, um, you know, today. But when the Bethlehem Star occurred, uh, we're actually, and this sounds like a shameless plug, but if you haven't seen the video or the DVD, it's really worth seeing. It's called the Bethlehem Star. And um, uh, it is... In, in my opinion, just an incredible DVD, which uh, shows, I mean, I'm trying to do two things at once, and of course I can't, um, but basically what it is, uh, is, is this, this lawyer went back 
and he has a star map. In other words, he's got, he's got a computer mm-hmm. computerized um, uh, star map, so he can go back to any time in history and see where the stars were over a certain area. The, the DVD is called The Star of Bethlehem, and we sell it on our on our website, lamarjuli.net. What he, what he did was he was trying to figure out what the star was. There's been speculation for literally almost two millennia since it, whatever this phenomena was, that was there, and we're told signs in the heaven. Here's the caveat right at it front. I'm not talking about astrology, folks. Not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, that the wise men followed his star. They were looking for something. And in ancient, um, in ancient Israel, uh, they were comments were seen as as, as harbingers of either uh, kings or, or death of kings. This type of these were signs in the heavens which people looked at. Well, the star of Bethlehem, which announced. Uh, the birth of Jesus is actually amazing. Uh, and remember, the stars and the constellations were put there by our Lord. I mean, you know, God created this ex nihilo, and he did it to be viewed on platform Earth. And this is how everything is viewed from platform Earth and looking up. This is why the wise men said, we saw his star. What in the world are they talking about? Um, and they came to worship him. So these are not occultists. These are people that were looking, that knew what the signs were in the heavens. Um, and, and there were signs in the heavens. Anyway, to cut to the chase, this, this gentleman um, did the research, and I, I forget the exact year it was, and I know that Missler has also done similar research, and I think the dates coincide with each other, if I am not mistaken. They're very, very close. What he discovered was it was a rare conjunction between the planet Jupiter and Venus because Jupiter is a retrograde planet when standing on Earth Looking up at it, it would appear as that Jupiter and that Jupiter isn't moving, and of course Venus is the brightest star. So when you get these in the heavens, when you get these two stars in conjunction with one another, they appeared as one. It was the brightest star, and this only happened during this particular window of time around 3 B.C. And his criteria was all biblical. Um, you know, we know that Herod um, did the decree to kill the the, the, the um, the two-year-olds, the slaughter of the innocents. We know that the census. I mean, all, he he went back and he 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 had to, whatever it was. It had to fit all the criteria biblically, mm-hmm. and he was able to, I believe, really pinpoint it. Uh, it's really worth watching. And then, of course, he gets into another sign in the heaven biblically, and and we hear this when we hear that when when the Lord was crucified. There was darkness over the land, basically mm-hmm. a total eclipse for three hours, and he was able to prove and, and talk about that and and show that this incredibly rare alignment uh, in, in what we would call the heavenlies um, happened at that time also. So he calls it the starry dance, and I, I am in I am in you know step with him. I think that the signs of the heaven have been sort of dumbed down. Um, in the last, let's say, 50 or 60 years, because we've tried to take, or Christianity in America specifically has has taken or or removed anything supernatural from mm-hmm. the body at large. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, in other words, people don't travel in the gifts of the spirit that we're told is available to all believers, not only in the first century but certainly today. So, most people are ill-equipped to to deal with um, anything like this. And, and the moment you say the star of Bethlehem, people think astrology and occult, nothing could be... Remember, the enemy has his counterfeits, and astrology mm-hmm. is the counterfeit of what this really is. Sure. Uh, the fact that mm-hmm. you know this was all set up well, well, well in advance. By the way, the star that they saw appeared in the cost next to the... Um, uh, next to the king star Regulus in the constellation of um, 
what is it, the king, um, it's not Sagittarius, what is it, uh, Leo, in, in the constellation of Leo. So you've got Regulus, the king star, in the constellation of Leo. It's just, you know, it's a coincidence. Watch the DVD and make up your own mind. It's just like the Shroud of Turin. I think some of these things are markers for us to look at. They're not, we shouldn't be shaken in our faith mm-hmm. in, in being able to examine them. I mean, you know, we're rooted and grounded in the Word, and we know, you know, we have eternal life by, um, by Yahshua Jesus, his death on the cross, by his blood, by his stripes, we are saved, and we are counted and seated with him in the heavenlies already. Go figure that one. But, you know, the Shroud of Turin is certainly another marker that we can look at. We can get into that if you want to a little later or whatever. But these are, these are you know, when you say the Shroud of Turin and the Shroud of Bethlehem, you get a lot of eyeball rules in the church. But the bottom line is this. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. You may think you know, but you don't. And that's why, you know, the, this this... DVD is available on the site because it is such a window into the starry dance. That, and all this was set in motion, remember. We know from Copernicus and Newton and all the all, you know, Newtonian physics that all these, these motions are constant. That's why you can take a computer program and go back in time 2,000 years because all this, this, is, this cyclical motion of the, of the stars and constellations, are, they don't move. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's absolutely yeah. amazing. This is not random chance. They were put there deliberately by the finger of God. Well, if I could comment out of Scripture on it. In Genesis 1.14, uh, <clears throat> he says, let there be, God says, let there be lights in the firmament of heaven, divide the day from night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and days and years. Mm-hmm. Bingo. So there was God's plan at the very beginning that it would be a means by which he could communicate to his children, not not as a way to supplant you know, his word through the Word of God that we have, through through the Torah, through through uh, then the entire Old and New Testament that we have as Christians today, mm-hmm. but as a way to give some immediacy. Uh, you know, the, the Word of God stands for eternity. It stands forever. It stands for every generation of Christians. But sometimes he can use these things in the here and now to say some of these things are coming to pass in the here and now. Right. And uh, well, just there even, is a purpose. Yeah, just even the day of the Lord, you know. They talk about signs and signs in the heaven and the the day. Right. Uh, you know, well, we're going to talk about that in the future about what the future holds for. But we've sure. already had a past sure. in the past when we had the sun stand still when when Joshua was was fighting, uh, exactly. and and, uh, exactly. and, a, and a host yeah. of things that actually have shown that God's hand was on these and that we should not take them trivially. And, and like you said, that the church has pushed out anything supernatural. I think a lot of it must have been the Enlightenment too. Uh, uh-huh. That they thought that the idea that things going on in heavens could have any kind of impact on our life uh, was ludicrous, and uh, and of course, like you say, you're not. I presume you're not here to give us horoscopes, so it, it's not there saying that you know this is what's going to happen in our personal life or this or that. But God, God speaks to an entire generation of humanity uh, sometimes through these signs that come. Uh, what events in the pages of history itself, just looking outside of the Bible? Uh, have history recorded regarding such signs and wonders in the sky, and how have they impacted world history? Uh, there was one. I, I appeared on the History Channel, um, or, or, or they interviewed me for about three hours, and it's supposed to air in April. And one of the uh, questions that they sh- they were showing us or showing me that particular day was <clears throat> a lot of medieval paintings that showed signs and wonders in the sky um, that many ufologists would look at and say, well, see, there's... I'll just give you one example. Let's say the uh, the, the uh, nativity, and there seems to be a beam of light which comes through um, the wall 
um, you know, it's the, the Annunciation. I'm sorry, the Annunciation. A beam of light which streaks down and it um, <clears throat> it hits this woman, obviously Mary, who is kneeling. And there seems to be some sort of an angelic figure. And above where this beam of light is emanating, there's a circular which looks like a craft, like a, what we would call a UFO. The problem is, and this is where all of these legends start, it's the, 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 most people look at an incredibly um, damaged reproduction of the original painting. And when one looks at the original painting, yes, it is a circle. Yes, um, there's a beam of light coming from the clouds from the circle. But when we look closer at the circle, with the naked eye, you don't need a magnifying glass to do this, you see the host of angels. They're all cherubs, very typical of the style of art in, 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 in medieval you know, 14th, 15th century art, whatever. Uh, it's very cherubic looking, and they're all looking down from this cloud. And it's, remember, you've got one shot in a painting to communicate what you want to communicate. So there's a lot of symbolism, and that's what it is. But you follow, just look at this, ah, UFO, see? The church is trying to hide something. No, the painting is, is trying to depict something supernatural, he's got one frame to do it. Right. <laughs> one frame, that's it. Right. So he's trying with symbolism and everything else to do all this stuff. Um, but in, in, viewing, in viewing a lot of this artwork, and look, I'm no art historian, but I did my research and I was able to, to talk, at least give an opinion on what all these particular different pictures, and, and we've seen that if you've traveled around the UFO sites, um, they're constantly using these pictures to say, aha, um, look at all this artwork that was done in medieval times. They knew that UFOs were appearing even back then. Nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, every single one of these pictures I was able to debunk. But I also made it very clear that I'm a, I'm a true believer that UFOs are manifesting. They are real, burgeoning, and not going away. And the phenomena continues today um, in, num in record numbers, by the way, not like it was you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago or whatever. Record numbers were seeing sightings. One of the more famous um, signs in the heavens is the uh, French and the British were warring, I believe, in France, and the the, uh, the army of the Brits were uh, defeated when um, they looked overhead, and, and and these angels, angelic beings, apparently appeared, and they were so frightened that they ran. We also had the same legend um, in World War One on Christmas Day, where apparently angels uh, appeared in the sky, and both the um, you know German troops and, and Allied troops saw these. Uh, apparitions and everyone laid down their arms. You know, it's all uh, apocryphal things. So we see some of these, um, you know, extra biblical signs in the sky per se, which which are somewhat benevolent. Uh, then on the other hand, we have, of course, one of my favorites, which I write about, by the way, extensively in Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural. Done a lot of research on the Fatima apparitions, 1917, 70,000 people out in the field in Fatima, Portugal. They look up. They, um, they're waiting to see this, the, what's called the miracle of the sun. That's what it was called later on. They were just standing in the, in the field waiting for some sign. Um, the quick backstory thumbnail sketch, three children, uh, young children, were seeing allegedly an, appar an apparition who allegedly called herself um, Mary of the Bible. And of course, uh, Jim Tetlow and others uh, of us who travel in, in this don't believe it was the Mary of the Bible, with all due respect to the Catholics. Um, this was... This was an imposter, uh, an angelic being disguising itself, masters of deception. And uh, this thing manifested on the 13th of the month for, for, I think, six or seven months. And finally, the local clergy asked the children, go back to the apparition and ask for a sign. They did. And she said on the 13th of um, October, 
I will give you a sign at noon. So noon comes, 70,000 people are in a field, it's raining all day, and no apparition, no visitation, nothing. So the apparition is late. Uh, go figure. And then at 1 o'clock, finally, the children say, uh, there she is, there she is. And, of course, they alone could see her, uh, which is bizarre in itself. And she settled over this little oak tree where she would appear to the children. At this time, the, the, what's called the miracle, the sun happens. Been raining all morning. The sky suddenly opens up. The sun begins to spin. <clears throat> At least it looks like it. <clears throat> Excuse me. In the sky, people are absolutely amazed, overwhelmed, fearful. The, the whole gamut of, of human emotions is being portrayed in that field in 1917. There's a cross section of of humanity. There were bankers and peasants and and um, young and old and children and the infirm and and just I mean the whole cross section. The press is there. Atheists is there. The clergy is there. Uh, farmers are there. Everyone is there. A good cross section of humanity at the time. And there were lots of fo- photographs being taken before and after. But of, of the miracle of the sun itself, so far no one that I've ever spoken to has ever ever been able to produce a photograph of the incident. One of two reasons why. One, they were all confiscated. Two, the, the equipment did not work when the, whatever it was that was manifesting manifested or began to you know show itself. <clears throat> which is very typical of, of a lot of modern-day UFO mm-hmm. uh, photographs. They're very blurry, out of focus, whatever, because there's a magnetic field that's being generated from the object, which you know blows out a lot of what's being right. seen. We also know that infrared cameras can take pictures uh, of UFOs where the naked eye doesn't see them, but the infrared camera, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you're just taking a picture of a plane, let's say, taking off at O'Hare, and all of a sudden there's this UFO, in it, which shouldn't be there. And right. we've, we've, we've seen links to that. So um, <clears throat> getting back on track here with the Fatima apparitions, this thing manifests, the sun seems to be spinning, but what witness after witness says, and, I, and I, there's two wonderful books, one's called Celestial Secrets, the other one's called Heavenly Lights by Fernandez and Biramata, and they talk about that the witnesses actually recorded seeing a dull silver disc, a silver disc, a spinning disc, a disc, disc, disc. The word disc is used not once or five times, but dozens of times by different witnesses, <clears throat> all looking at this object. Remember, there's no uh, nothing in the vernacular, nothing in the mm-hmm. lexicon of that day to say UFO <clears throat> or um, flying saucer. We are back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, interested in astral theology, bionic. Astral theology. That's actually a very interesting field, the idea of the signs and the wonders of the heavens. Uh, is that a real it. formal name for it? Yeah. That's yeah. sort of an interesting name. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Not like I astral mean, projection. You don't see it You don't see it much anymore. I'd probably call it astrotheology. But, but. Uh, you know, I mean, we both are big fans of Michael Heiser, and he was yeah. writing... He he made a footnote in in one of the articles he wrote at uh, well I think it was in the facade that actually yeah. one of the things that uh, you know um, rabbis and mm-hmm. stuff and early yeah. church fathers they were intensely interested in the, in all this stuff right and even writers in the late 1800s like E W Bullinger a mm-hmm. witness of the stars I've got all his books yep. another witness is Merv who could tell you how to contact us a future quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. 
Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. we got to go. Stars in his eyes, too. Okay. Come back tomorrow for the next segment with Dr. L.A. Marzulli. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. All right. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom. Very interested in the subject matter. Bionic. Mm, nice, yeah. nice middle name there. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we've come back for our second segment with our special guest this week, Dr. L.A. Marzulli, who is the author of several books, including The Alien Interviews and Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, as well as the fictional series, The Nephilim Series. And we're talking about signs and wonders, the current last day's birth pangs and update. Mm. This is one of his areas especially. I know. Uh, I, I, I think if, if the second part is as good as the first part, it's going to be good. Well, and um, he's going to be speaking here at the Last Days Conference, April 23rd, 24th here in Nashville. You should check him out. But right now you can check out the second segment of his interview with us. And we'll be right back to wrap it up here at Future Quick. Now, did it look like it was flaming or on fire? If they said it was a sun, did it also have something of like a burning type nature to it? Different people see different things. Most okay. people said that it was a dull silver disc that the sun that was emanating light was glinting off of it. Okay. Other people talked about seeing rainbows of colors. Other people said it glowed sort of a, a dull amber in, in in color. Depending on where you were and what you know in the field, <clears throat> and when you noticed it. I, because the, the, this slowly began to rock like a pendulum and then descend upon the crowd, people began to scream, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. And um, some people were healed. Everyone's clothes were dry, which is amazing when you think about that. It had been raining all day. And um, there was like this, this residue of sort of like amber, like like string type stuff, which is also analogous. We see that a lot in UFO sightings. Um, witnesses talk about that trace evidence, which is left mm-hmm. after these entities leave. You know, this is, is, is this a, similar to the ectoplasm that they used to find after seances sometimes, when there was a particularly realistic seance that occurred? Uh-huh. Ghostbusters. It, yeah, it does sound like Ghostbusters. <laughs> no, it, it's it's similar in the sense that it's it's material that we have not been able to analyze and we don't know what it is. It's interesting, and I wonder whether Fernandez and Diarmada has ever done this, to even go to the site and even take soil samples. I mean, dig down right. two or three feet and do some soil samples and see if anything turns up, which would, um, you yeah. know, indicate that something, you know, strange um, happened there other than some sort of an apparition. The apparition never spoke directly to the children. It only communicated to, uh, to them by telepathic means. Mm-hmm. Once again, we see that that's analogous to the uh, modern UFO phenomenon. Yet 70,000 people in Fatima believed that this was the marriage of the Bible. Their paradigms were changed in basically a twinkling of an eye, which is amazing mm-hmm. when you think about it. That 70,000 people's paradigms, worldviews, can be rocked, changed in a twinkling of an eye. Jacques Vallée calls uh, the modern uh, UFO phenomena. He has a book entitled Messengers of Deception and why we mm-hmm. maybe necessarily don't come from a Judeo-Christian paradigm in looking at this. He's um, 
astute enough to realize that these entities lie habitually, that mm-hmm. their, their trademark is lying, and that they are, in fact, messengers of deception. We as Christians take that one step further because the guidebook of the supernatural, i.e. the Bible, tell us unequivocally that the father of lies is Satan himself. Mm-hmm. He was a murderer from the beginning and the father of lies. Well, so let, 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 me, behind let, it. let me give a few other comments of some things that are known in history uh, where, where it's part of the historical record. Uh, Constantine uh, saw a sign in the sky. And this little emblem he saw, he ended up putting on all the shields of his soldiers before he conquered Rome. Uh, and, and evidently there was a message that said, by this sign, conquer. Uh-huh, uh, and uh-huh. then he went with great, uh, you know, with great fortitude and went and conquered. And if, in fact, I've often wondered if, if that, uh, is alluded to in scripture with the first horseman when it says that this white horse went forward, uh, conquering and to conquer. Uh, and they, the, uh, crown laid on, the head of the white horseman is, is the, the crown of government put on the church uh, via Constantine. But anyway, that was a vision that started all that. Uh, you, you have the, the history of the Spear of Longinus, which is a whole other interesting story about the supposed spear that wounded Christ's side and has been treasured for generations. And there was a whole series of kings in, in Europe that uh, held onto the spear, and they considered themselves invincible in battle. But they would see a sign in the sky like a... Uh, a comet or some kind of thing moving across the sky and either they would take it as a sign that they were getting ready to die or it would startle them and they would drop the spear and then they would die within that day. But that was a common understood thing that when a sign was seen in the sky, usually it was a bad omen or something that was going to be judgment or a big upheaval and change. And there's many, many examples in our in our history books where people saw some kind of event, they reported it, and then world history changed uh, immediately after that particular event. Uh, you got into the uh, to the Marian apparitions, and and there have been many other reports too. There's some some other ones that have occurred uh, in different parts of the world that have been talked about. But can you give us a little summary uh, in these kind of apparitions, or what are what are the kind of messages that have been received in accordance with these signs? The one the ones that are Marianist uh, tend to be, you know, have certain kind of nomenclature, and then there's others. Uh, from what we'd consider more new age type sources and things like that. But but is there a common theme in the kind of messages that they deliver? Well, yes, there is. Um, and basically, with, with the Marian apparitions, it's, it's pretty much um, standard fare uh, that the apparition begins to, um, and let me, let me put it to you this way, that <clears throat> if you're trying to deceive someone, you first gain their trust before you begin to con. I mean, that's just how it works. Um, a good a good movie to to look at this, or a good analogy would be the movie The Sting. You know, yeah, there's a big con going on, but they set it up and they gain the trust of this guy, and then they pull the sting off. Well, it's the same thing in the supernatural. When when it manifests, we are told to test the spirits, and yet at Fatima, as far as I'm aware of, no one challenged this thing. No one tested the spirits. Um, <clears throat> what what is happening in Greece over over Christmas 2009? I'm sorry, not Greece, Egypt, outside of Cairo, uh, there was a manifestation, which I blogged about and tried to, again, get money to go there with the film crew and shoot this thing, and and it didn't happen. We didn't go. But um, it was night after night, thousands of people would gather outside of Cairo, um, Muslims and Christians shoulder to shoulder looking at this apparition. And, I mean, there it was. Um, it, it was a. It looked in the shape of a woman with a blue mantle on and it would just stand there. And all these people were just, you know, clapping and yelling and shouting. 
No one's challenging this thing. It's a light. It's 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 an image. It's it's a messenger of deception. Um, and this is this is what you know we're looking at. Um, in that aspect, when we just see it, it's like people fall down and begin to worship it. The the ultimate goal of the apparitions is is worship to the point where um, at first they will they, it, the message sound biblical or they'll sound godly or spiritual, and then it takes a left turn. You'll get ten messages which sound good, and then it will say things like, you know, come to my sacred heart. Now. The Mary of the Bible does not have a sacred heart. With all due respect to Catholics who may be listening, um, I love the Mary of the Bible. She bore our Savior. She also bore other children afterwards. The Catholics don't believe that. But the Bible is very clear that he had brothers and sisters. They can try to torture the text and say that she was a perpetual virgin and all this other nonsense. But in my opinion, the text just does not hold up under any type of biblical scrutiny, any type of exegesis will, will show us that Jesus had brothers and sisters. Um, you know, Mary was not a perpetual virgin, and she did not have a sacred heart. She was a sinner, like all of us, who was in need of redemption. Although blessed among all women and, and all that, I'll give her that. And, and I have the highest regard and the highest respect for her. But she is certainly not co-redemptrix which is another title um, that this apparition uses, um, calling itself co-redemptrix, which, quite frankly, is nothing short of blasphemy. Um, there's only one Redeemer, that is Yahshua Jesus, God's Son, uh, begotten of Mary, and was later scourged and crucified and died, and his blood, by his blood, we are, if we believe on him who was sent, Yahshua Jesus, and confess our sins, by his blood we are healed and we have eternal life. Amen. Our sins are washed away by that. That's it. There's no other there is no mm. such thing as co redemptrix. That mm. is blasphemy. In the Nothing Bible short the, of blasphemy. The, the Mary of the Bible saw him as her redeemer, correct? Exactly. Uh, she 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 exactly. looked forward to the day that uh, of his his role as as redeemer and My soul magnifies the Lord. That's right. That's right. Well, <clears throat> speaking on a, a related area uh, that, that you have a lot of your experience in, there's another subcategory, uh, particularly in modern eras, of the signs in the sky and messages that come from it. And those are the ones that fit the classic alien type contact, the ones where it's something clearly identified as something like a spaceship or grays or something that people associate with that. They don't mistake these beings for Mary or anyone else. Uh what what is distinctive about their messages to mankind and the ones that have been reported and the people the the ones that sound most credible where there were multiple witnesses uh, that actually heard a message what were the kind of messages that they've brought back? Well, in my book, The Alien Interviews, um, we we talk a lot about that and I, I blog about this incessantly um, and I, I've come to term it or come to call it the Alien Gospel and the Alien Gospel simply is this that. Um, so-called extraterrestrials genetically created us. Uh, they are responsible for manipulating our DNA and creating all life on this planet. They started and created the world's first civilizations. They showed us um, weapon making and, and, and just civil, all, all the accoutrements of civilization. They were responsible for, for starting that in the Fertile Crescent thousands and thousands of years ago. Um, they were also started the world's religions 
we worship them, our ancestors worship them as gods. Um, they started the world's religions. Now they are back at this critical juncture to usher us into a new age. Um, and that's why the Christians will not fare real well here. Because those of us who, like myself, who believe that this is the coming great deception and the Luciferian endgame, which, by the way, is a subtitle, Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, believe that when this thing actually hits, there will be a great falling away. Mm-hmm. Like millions of people will fall away from the faith and believe the lie. We are being set up to believe the lie. And I will be looked at as an absolute fanatic because I'll be out there rebuking these things and uh why people will be, you know, doing whatever they're doing to try to tell me when, but these you know, so hey, so, come on, this is these are our space brothers, man. So they're gonna be driven by a new purpose. Uh Christians are not uh firmly rooted in scripture when these things come to give us a new purpose and and uh, offer really your best life now like some of the feel-good teaching that we have today. They're, they're going to offer their own version of that, and people who aren't rooted in specifics of the Bible and its teaching are going to easily false way to it, right? Well, I, I would certainly agree with that. And if you went back, you know, 40 or 50 years, um, I don't think a deception could be perpetrated the way it can be now. We have, we, we have the enemy has, has it been relentless. The church has no longer preached much of what the gospel is. It's all tickle your ears and... And I won't mention any names, but much of it, much of it, is is has nothing to do with scripture. You know, Jesus loves you, God loves you, and and you know you can have a full life and blah 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 and on and on it goes. The whole prosperity deal that we hear week after week. Meanwhile, it, things are heating up, ramping up in the supernatural, and I have been yet. You know, with all the books I write, all the blogs, all the TV appearances, I have yet to been asked in any church to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, why? Because I'm dealing with the supernatural, and the churches do not want to deal with the supernatural. And herein lies just the incredible, you know, dichotomy, if you will, that we, we are, the church is supposed to be the vanguard, the spiritual warfare, uh, the spiritual warriors. You know, of all this, being able to discern and test the spirits, completely asleep at the switch, as, as Tom Bionic mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. completely asleep at the switch. And yet, you know, it's it look, it's manifesting in real time all over the world. We talked about, um, you've asked me for signs and wonders um, in, in the ancient world, and I gave you some. What I didn't, what I left out specifically, we talked a little bit about this in one of our other interviews, we alluded to Maitreya. If, can I get into that now? Is that, would that be okay to do? Or sure. Or wait on uh, I'd like to talk in just a minute about some more frequent ones uh, that, okay. that are coming. But, but I, I wanted to ask about um, how Hollywood in particular is conditioning us to look up for spectacles, for revelation, for salvation. Uh, is, is there some other move afoot and possibly something pulling the strings? in our form of entertainment that is really prepping us to look for our salvation from there? Well, absolutely. There was a um, a video that someone sent me, and I can't remember who, I don't remember the name of the video, but the information was incredible. And basically what it talked about was um, many of the actors and writers and stuff in Hollywood talk about actual connections with muses, in other words, spirits, 
where where they allow these these entities, these spirits, to possess them, or the the muse will give them um, give them the screenplay. Now, I'm not saying all writers do this. I'm not saying all I'm brought you know painting with a very broad brush here. But there are many many people who come on the record and talk about that openly. Oprah Winfrey is certainly one, but there are others of her ilk that talk about that. And what we're looking at here is movies like Knowing, Race to Witch Mountain, District Nine, The Fourth Kind. Um, paranormal activity. I mean, we're being inundated. The movie V, which, um, you know, television series V, which, which was aired in the fall, will we'll come back again soon. Um, we're, we're watching over and over and over again the idea of, of, of E.T., uh, War of the Worlds, the remake of War of the Worlds. We're shown this over and over and over again and knowing and look, I've talked about this incessantly on my blog. I wrote Christianity Today. Christianity Today basically gave knowing a pass. No one stood up there and said, excuse me, mm-hmm. uh, this goes against the very tenets, the very foundations of the faith in which, which make the Bible unique. When I, when I go out and speak, guys, I, I usually ask the audience, uh, what differentiates this book from any other? And it's really interesting. You can tell what kind of an audience you're dealing with. Um, Jesus, no, because other, other books have their figures too. Uh, the resurrection, no, because other mythos has their figures that rise from the dead. And it goes on and on and on. Finally, someone will say prophecy. And, and you go bingo, because unlike Nostradamus or the Hopi Indians or any other book on the planet, including the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or anything else, the Bible has this unbelievable thread, of prophetic thread, running through its pages from Genesis to Revelation. And the only person who can do that, God says it in Isaiah, I am God and God alone. I'm the only one who can call out the future before it happens, well ahead, well in advance. Mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but that's what it says. So we have this. And the movie Knowing went, went up against that in a full frontal attack against that prophecy, basically stating that these extraterrestrials were giving prophecy, by the way, through automatic writing, right. this little mm-hmm. girl. Automatic writing. What's that? That's a, that's a cult manifestation of demonic activity. But there were right. There were pictures of uh, Ezekiel and his visions exactly. were shown to be exactly. alien. That's other descriptions. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And this it's a full frontal attack on what on what we believe as Christians, and yet nothing. Now, when the mm-hmm. last temptation of Christ was made, the church was at least not asleep. That was almost thirty years ago. And they demonstrated in the streets, and rightfully so, against this blasphemous film, saying that Jesus and Mary Magdalene had sex. You know, wrong. Didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Didn't happen. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He loved her. I believe he mm-hmm. loved her because he's the first. She's the first person he appears to after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. She is someone very close to his heart. You know, and I don't want to get into that right now. I have my own theory on that. You know, had he been a man and not a god. Maybe there would have been a consummation in a marriage, but he was more than a man. And so he loved her. The Bible says he loved her, and he did love her. And he appears to her first. And I'm not, you know, alluding anything Mm -hmm. into it other than that. But, you know, nonetheless, all that to say, um, we look back at this, and and these things happened uh, in, in history, biblical history, and when that movie came out, there were demonstrations. Mm-hmm. The church was not asleep as it is today, mm-hmm. and people said, you know, this is blasphemous, and rightfully so, and demonstrated, and so the film was, we did very poorly at the box office. Knowing happened, and mm-hmm. everybody went and saw it, knowing, 
No one gave a flip. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Well, l- let me just comment. That, let me just comment that uh, Jesus does have a bride. Uh, and many that's, of the that's, that's us, and that is correct. that is the church is the bride mm-hmm. and the Bible teaches that so Good point. a lot of these uh, these pagan and I would agree with that wholeheartedly yeah the pagan revisionists uh, say oh yeah 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 he 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 was married and one of and he will be married but he's going to marry his bride the church the Bible says and we're going to be presented to him like a a, a bride uh, presented to her husband so uh, the, you know there is a future in that but you know even Mrs. Future when in the rare times that we go to the movies which is extremely rare um when we watch the sneak previews just about every movie is about the end of the world and mm-hmm. about battles in the They're skies all, 100% of them I, that I've seen are demonic like yeah. some yeah. type of demonic thing well then there's a few nice ones like uh, Legion you know, in which Michael comes down and uh, yeah. defects well, from God. Great family viewing and, and highly biblically accurate. Yes, <laughs> and, and, and uh, fights against God and Gabriel in a big battle royal along with a lot of uh, angels turned demons. So, but, but the thing is, this has to have an effect on people. And it's not just movies. The uh, television shows, but the video games uh, right. that children have, this is all uh, training. And e- even the, the vampire stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. All of this stuff. Oh, the vampire stuff, Harry Potter, it's, it's all linked together, guys. It is. It's all linked together. You see, they will talk about supernatural things, and the church doesn't show up to address it. And like right. you said about the church doesn't talk about supernatural, I wonder, for, for Christians out there who, who, who flee from any supernatural acknowledgement, how, do you, how are you confident in your own salvation and in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? The resurrection of Jesus Christ was clearly a supernatural event. There's nothing in nature that can explain what happened. Dead, confirmed dead, buried in the ground three days, risen again. Uh, so if there are not supernatural events, then we're all doomed uh, if that's the case. But given that there is supernatural, there's, there's opportunities for salvation and redemption. That also means there's a battle. And uh, like, like I say, many Christians are staying in sick bay, and they're not taking their positions on the front lines uh, in the spiritual battle that we have right now. And they're, they're just feasting on self-help books and trying to uh, get feeling better when they need to go grab a spiritual gun and get out on the front. Uh, with what's going on now uh, back in the ancient world um, they they had these mysteries the Elysian mysteries they had the greater and the lesser mysteries that people were initiated into really the precursor to what we have in our new age and occult groups today Uh, that was a big thing everybody went through Um, they would go into temples Uh, many of the greater mysteries have not been disclosed but there's been bits and pieces of things that were happening but there was these priests that led them through a process they would drink a certain drink it would have an effect on them and things but but how did these priests fake out uh, and and basically deceive or fool the pagan followers of these mystery religions with contrived signs and wonders in their temples are you familiar much with that with some of the techniques they used well, and if you've seen um, uh, Apocalypto, when there, which is a very graphic movie, obviously, but uh, also I think it's it's an accurate portrayal um, in, into the Mayan culture, which uh, at this point was so incredibly bloodthirsty, it's just ridiculous, and uh, you know, cutting the hearts out of live human beings to appease the gods, and they know uh, they know that there's going to be an eclipse at at such a such a day, a full total eclipse because they've been able to chart the stars. Now, this begs the question, who taught them that? Who gave them that knowledge? Um, and this is the basis of my 2012 book, which I'm working on, which I won't 
divulged at this particular moment in time. You're going to have to wait till it comes out, and then we'll mm-hmm. talk about it in another interview. Yeah, will that but be out in 2013? <laughs> hopefully it'll be out in the fall. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully it'll be out in the fall. Why well, it's still 210, so we've got, you know, 2K10. Mm-hmm. But they knew the eclipse would happen, so they would hold up the, the beating heart, and then the eclipse would happen, and they would go, the gods are now pacified. And so the Mathers, who weren't aware of the celestial movements, which Newton and Copernicus and others charted for us, which we mentioned at the top of the hour, um, which are, which do that. You, once you know how things work, you can extrapolate from that and tell when the next lunar eclipse or solar eclipse is going to take place. Mm-hmm. The Mayans were able to do this, but the masses, this was sacred knowledge until the masses had no idea of it. That's just one of the tricks mm-hmm. um, that were certainly used I saw in a, ancient uh, cultures. I, I saw a show, it was one of the best shows I saw on the History Channel, because most of it is, is extremely liberal theology. And History right, Channel is sure. another thing where it's, <laughs> you get nonstop into the world, nonstop Antichrist, uh, or UFOs anymore, except if they've got those uh, ice road truckers or something like that going on. Uh, it, it, it's very morbid when you hear the constant uh, end of the world. I mean, they even show life after people, where basically it just shows crumbling buildings and things. It really <laughs> is a zeitgeist of the people, I think. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. But, but this particular show they had focused on the very novel, and these are mechanical techniques, that they have been discovered that these priests use in these temples to replicate uh, gods uh, flying across the top of the temple, uh, them speaking, animating them. It was like what you see in Disney World with animatronics. They had figured out a way for a god in a, in a chariot to fly across the temple. Uh, and at the same time, we know that they spiked the drinks of a lot of these people. Right, sure. with with things that also helped open their mind and facilitate yeah, hallucinogenics whatever right right but to have a but to have a consistent vision for all of the people they had to resort to these kind of things now having said that there's trickery certainly involved and i am not dismissing the fact that in these religions sometimes they actually tapped into the principalities and powers that were disguised behind these mythological creatures that actually they there were worship of demons uh, even though these particular idols were inanimate or, or were, were artificially moved, uh, that there's still demons and others who receive praise through this activity because it's in contravention of worship of the Lord. Um, but, but there was a, there was a, a pretty sophisticated knowledge of these human, uh, henchmen who would actually do these kind of things and, and they were making money off it as well too. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, more Tennessee than anything these days, bionic. Well, that's right. That's yep. right. But we talked to our California friend, mm-hmm. Dr. Marzuli here, uh, who has talked a lot about this whole area, about our preparations to look up and humanity is mm-hmm. being groomed to mm-hmm. look up to some kind of superhuman entity. Yeah, look up at everything except Jesus. It just it doesn't matter what you look up, just not Jesus, but look up. Yeah, you're not telling them that. That's no, the message, that's, that's right? the yeah. message. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. Go to lamarzuli.net, l-a-m-a-r-z-u-l-l-i.net. Uh, get his materials, support his ministry, please, and also come see him at the Last Days Conference, mm-hmm. along with the rest of us speaking, uh, last-days.net. You can go pre-register. Yeah, come on April down. April 23rd and 24th. He's going to be the third coolest speaker there. That's right. <laughs> Since Pyro's not speaking. Yeah. Uh, but uh, here's somebody else cool. Marv can tell you how to contact us at FutureQuake. FutureQuake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information.
email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to go. All right, let's get out. Okay, come back for the third segment tomorrow. Till then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And Tom, interested in these birth pangs that we are discussing and the update, Bionic. Mm-hmm. Very good middle name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are coming back for our third installment of our interview with Dr. L.A. Marzuli, author of The Alien Interviews, uh, also the book Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, and the Nephilim Trilogy series. Mm-hmm. And, and his biggest accomplishment, of course, is being at the last day's conference there in, in yeah Antioch. we've been yep. promoting that hard haven't we yeah but he'll be there he'll be one of the litany the rogues gallery he'll be of speakers the third coolest speaker there mm-hmm. said yesterday that's right yep. but uh he has many friends out there many fans mm-hmm. and any of you in middle america need to come to this conference but today he's going to be speaking about signs and wonders the current last day's birth pangs and update and we think you're going to enjoy this but we got to go uh here's the next segment and we'll be back to wrap it up here at future quick what are the ways you know of now or could envision in terms of technology or, or techniques on how aerial visions and manifestations could be faked for the masses, possibly fool and deceive the masses? Well, there was there was one, which I'm sure you've heard about, the Norway spiral, which happened in, in the latter part of 2009, which got lots of press, lots of legs, um, and immediately it was they, – they had the cover story. It's a Russian missile uh, that launch that's gone bad and the thing spiraling out of control. Uh, exhaustive study on that, uh, in my opinion, proved that this was no missile. This was something else. And um, people have either commented that it was Project Blue Beam. Uh, the reason why I, I lean towards Blue Beam, it appears like there is a Blue Beam coming from behind the hill, uh, which was where this 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 concentric spiral is um, is manifesting. And then when the thing finally leaves, there's this black hole. Other people believe that. And again, you know, look, if, if it's if it's Project Blue Beam, this could just be a test. They could be beaming all sorts of stuff up there. Instead, not only a concentric spiral. They just it, whatever it was. If it was a test of, let's say, Project Blue Beam, it, it immediately was picked up everywhere around the world. I mean, we're all linked up on the internet. And this thing was huge news within 24 hours. I mean, people were looking at this thing and looking at the pictures. What are we looking at? The, the, since it's, the, it's become known as the Norway Lights, there are other concentric spirals uh, which were found in China and in other places on the globe. China is the one I remember specifically. The same phenomenon is happening. So is it Blue Beam or is it something else? Is it some sort of a so-called extraterrestrial think fallen angels here? you know, doing all signs and lying wonders like we're told um, in Scripture will happen in the latter days. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're getting – look, Norway lights could be trickery. Don't know that for sure. Um, but we've, we've heard about blue beam. We've heard about 
holographic film. Uh, but that again, holographic holograms can only be produced in a certain locale, which is why in Cairo, let's say, whatever was manifesting there at the latter part of 2009, nightly outside this outside this uh, Coptic church, um, the 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 mayor and the, the politicians of the city shut all electrical power off to the town. Everything was off. So they wanted to make sure no one had a generator running mm-hmm. and was producing this, that it wasn't a light show. And guess what? There was the apparition. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't right. a projection. It right. wasn't a projection. It was the real deal. Well, the one thing that seems in common is that um, there will be an atmosphere of deception. And whether yeah. that deception comes from trickery of henchmen on the ground that are aligned with these dark powers to deceive people, or whether it will actually be... Um, powerful dark spirits of the air principalities and powers that are disguising themselves and doing things in the air that are superhuman in nature through the combination of them uh humans are ripe for deception if they do not know the playbook that god has given us Couldn't uh, and, agree with you more. and well shows, shows out the enemy's plans um what types of signs and wonders in the skies, and we'll get back now to the, to the whole Maitreya era and what's been happening right. recently, what kinds of signs and wonders in the skies have caught your attention right now today and recently, the things you're really keeping your eye on right now? Mm-hmm. Well, I've been tracking Maitreya ever since he uh, made his appearance in 1982, uh, and I, I contacted people from Share International, did uh, an interview with one of the spokesholes there. Um, but Maitreya... Let me back up a little bit. In the Nephilim trilogy, which you mentioned at the beginning of the show, uh, which has been out of print, we're getting a thousand copies of each of the books, which will be available shortly. We, we get calls for them all the time. We completely ran out, but we're getting a thousand of each reprinted, and hopefully we'll have those maybe by the National Conference. Who knows? We'll have to Good. see. Yeah, but um, in, in book two and book three, I used a device, a plot device, okay? And the reason I used this device was after all the research I had done, I said to myself, if I wanted to create a deception and fool the world, what would I do? And I, I, this is out of my head, and I've got it documented. In 2005, the, you know, the revealing was released, and the uh, Unholy Deception was released in 2003 or 2002. So this is well years in advance of anything Benjamin Cram and Maitreya has come up with. And in those books, I talked about the reemergence of the Bethlehem star. I'm not making this stuff up, folks. <laughs> well, actually, I did make this stuff up as a, plot, as, a, as, a, as a plot device in my book, The Reemergence of the Bethlehem Star. And I said, you know, this would be great. And, and, and in the book, I said, I exposed that the good guys know it's a ruse, know it's, 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 a, it's um, fallacious in every way, know it's, being, it's a tool of the enemy, that it's actually a giant UFO. Fast forward to 2009, Benjamin Krem spoke full for, for Sharon the National, the group that, that you know, is, is heralding the coming of Maitreya. He says exactly that. He says, the reemergence of the Star of Bethlehem will now be seen by people all over the world. It is the sign of Maitreya's coming. It is actually a giant UFO. Then he proceeds to go, and 2,000 years ago, the Star of Bethlehem was, in fact, a UFO. This is why I carry the Star of Bethlehem. DVD on my website. This is why I blog about it constantly. He's taken something that was sacred, right, and saying it was a UFO. Nothing could be further from the truth. And now he's saying Maitreya is back. See where it's all going? I mean, this is unbelievable. And I wrote about this and used it as a plot device 
you know, four or five years before he ever came out and announced it. But now we're seeing that exact thing. If you go to YouTube and you Google Maitreya Star, all you got to do, Maitreya, M-A-I-T-R-E-Y-A, Maitreya Star. Watch what comes up. Look for yourself. Don't take my word from it. Watch, watch Benjamin Krem talk about the reemergence of the Bethlehem Star. It's like right out of my book, right out of the Nephilim trilogy. So all that to say, and I don't want to toot my horn here, but if I was right about that, I nailed that. You know, and I'm no prophet, guys, but I nailed it, okay? I nailed it. If I'm right about that, what about some of the other things we've been talking about tonight? Mm-hmm. What about the coming great deception and the Luciferian endgame? What is your audience going to do when three-mile-wide craft begin to manifest over the cities of the world? Hopefully what are you going to do with the name that? Of Jesus, but... mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you rebuke <laughs> first, then look at them. Yeah. Rebuke first, ask questions later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, now, there are some other incidents that have occurred. Uh, uh, Ohio is one, and you've, uh, Kansas, I believe you talked about. Anything else? Can you elaborate any more on those? Or yeah, tell anywhere us about else? the Kansas one. Tell us what's going on there. Well, there's been UFO flaps, high strangers in the skies, multiple witnesses. Um, right now, the press, not, no one is reporting on it. It's out in this little town someplace. You, you go out at night, and this is, this is why we want the funding, if we can get it, to go and shoot this thing and talk to the witnesses, talk to local area pastors. If you do um, shoot it, all... uh, tie it up on the hood of your car and drag it back. Yeah. That would be a great last oh, scene of the video. Oh, you mean videotape <laughs> it. I, I you don't shoot, mean like will... shoot it out of the sky. Yeah. And I will chew my banjo on the way. <laughs> yeah, but this part but, of the country, you, you see something in the sky, you do shoot it, but then you go take it to the taxidermist and stuff. There you so. go. <laughs> <laughs> of which I used to be one in my youth uh-huh. okay. many, many years ago, yeah. Okay. But we digress. Um, there's also a, a very grisly cow mutilation where the calf's head was surgically removed and then the anus was cored out. Um, sort of both ends of, of the spectrum, no pun intended. Um, very grisly, and the carcass was was still there, untouched by coyotes. Weeks afterwards, untouched. Oh, wow. Coyotes leave anything, folks. Uh, the yeah. dogs, the witnesses' dogs would not go near the thing. Uh-huh. Not other, go near the thing. Other specialists like Linda Moulton Howe and others who research right. these things, they say the same thing. When these kind of events occurred, the wild animals will not come scavenge those corpses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When something like that's occurred, they know something creepy and out of the way. And in fact, related to wolves, our uh, staff member here, Pyro, uh, he 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 almost acts as if he sees similar kind of things sometimes himself too. There's been a lot of debate about animals like that if they have a certain way that they can sense things going on in the spirit world, much like Balaam's mule did. Sure, uh, exactly. That we can't, and that, that sometimes you can watch them, and it's almost like a canary in a cage, you know, to sense that there's something going on that our senses not always uh, pick up many times. Well, uh, and we, we hear that we hear that in UFO stuff all the time. Uh, someone's out in the woods camping, and all of a sudden everything goes dead quiet. All the nightlife goes, it's just literally shut off. And then, then the apparition happens. Then the, you know, phenomena happens, the, the beam of light, whatever, you know, whatever the experience is. So, you know, look, I've heard this over and over and over again from, mm-hmm. from witnesses. Now, those that are the every, things all, that... All nightlife will just stop. That that can't be that can't really practically be faked. I mean, that's not like swamp yeah. gas or uh, you no. know, or a balloon in the sky or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's not where the balloon or flock of geese or swamp gas. It's, we're looking at something else. And it also, you know, with all due respect to other Christian UFO researchers, it puts it outside of the realm 
of just all these things happen in the mind or the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, cattle mutilations are real and grisly, and they are happening. They are burgeoning. They're not going away. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the phenomena, just like the Genesis 6 phenomena, in my opinion, it, was, it wasn't something uh, taking place on a supernatural level. Fallen angels manifested on the planet and had real sex with real women, and their offspring were the Nephilim. Josephus pins it down even further and says the skeletons, the bones of the Nephilim were openly on display in Jerusalem at the time of his writing, which means, which means that Yahshua Jesus could have seen these things. Where would they have been located? Not in the Temple Mound, right? Because that would have, you can't, the bones are, are unclean, yeah. so you're not going to do that. But you could put them directly outside the Temple. Here's just something food for thought. I'm just traveling in pictures, guys. I'm not saying this happened. This is just, I'm just throwing it out there. Jesus comes out of the temple now. We know that, right? He's just worshipped. Now he's outside the temple complex. And is, and is, is, and they ask him, what about, you know, isn't this temple great? And Jesus begins his, his, um, discourse on end times. Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. The Synoptic Gospels. And he says something very cryptic, as in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returned. And this is pure speculation on my part. Can you imagine if he uttered that particular phrase in front of the bones of a Nephilim, and he gestures as in the days of Noah, mm-hmm. you know, gesturing to the, to the large skeleton, it'll be when the Son of Man returns. I'm not saying that happened. There's no mm-hmm. way to prove whether that happened. But it would be interesting, knowing from Josephus' writings and noting, knowing that Jesus is pointing literally to the days of Noah. And, and it's sort of a little cryptic, but it, it begs the question what differentiates those days. It forces us to look as to the what differentiates those days, what makes those days unique. And it's the presence of Benio Elohim, the fallen angels manifesting on the earth. This is why the Christian UFO researchers who don't take that view are, in my opinion, only getting half the picture. And they're really not equipped to mm-hmm. deal with the entire phenomena in toto. Right. Uh, you know, this whole idea about Jesus addressing the, these fallen powers has become um, a repeated theme in our show. Uh, we, in fact, uh, we had Judd Burton on not long ago, who was talking about his research at the foot of Mount Hermon in the Grotto of Pan, and how uh, Pan was associated with uh, Azazel, the uh, uh-huh. the, the uh-huh. fallen, who was considered to be the leader of the, the these fallen angels who came and cohabitated, and in fact is even somewhat commemorated uh, in notoriety and every time the Day of Atonement happens when the, when a a goat is sent off for Azazel and sent off to the wilderness and off a cliff, uh, right. sort of a, simulating this being put in an abyss. And, and, and the theories that Jesus actually started the church at that same site, right. uh, when he called, called Peter and, you know, he says, uh, uh, in this rock, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, uh, really talking out to those principalities and powers that were, that were in prison below their feet. Uh, and in fact, even transfiguring in front of them in that general area. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And I, I believe the transfiguration happened on Mount Hermon. It was a declaration, like you're saying, in the, in the, in the, calling in Peter, this rock, 
when when and this is why the geographical locations when he's saying these things if we if we knew precisely it's it, it, all of a sudden the scripture just become it becomes from black and white to living color right. and I believe the transfiguration happened on Mount Hermon which is the scene which is where the portal was and the Lord took that back and said no this is you know this is this is mine now mm-hmm. he hasn't claimed it completely which is why isn't it interesting at Mount Hermon as above so below Mount Hermon is is a war zone today. Right. Israel, Lebanon, and Syria all all bump into it. It's just it's unbelievable. There's mm-hmm. no man's land. That, that's right. And, uh, you know, we don't know the Antichrist will have his tents. He'll dwell his tents up in the northern regions. And I wonder how how close that will be at that time. But, Probably uh, right at the foot. We, 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 it's very clear to us that um, he was talk, Jesus was talking over the heads of the Pharisees and to the principalities and powers that were ruling them. And, in fact, I even believe that when he cursed the fig tree, he actually was showing the principalities and powers that their rule over earth was going to be coming to an end soon. But but the clearest passage in Scripture is in Colossians chapter 2, when it says that he took our sins and nailed them to the cross as a message to those principalities and powers themselves. So they're directly addressed as uh, part of the message that was supposed to come from his ministry here on earth and uh, you know his his death and resurrection as well, too. Um, you alluded to this at the beginning of the show, and this is a very sensitive topic, but this this dreaded form of, of really a ground-based sign uh, that goes beyond the cattle mutilations is this idea of human mutilations. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're saying that is a real uh, event uh, that is occurring itself, and what do you think is going on concerning that beyond the, the cattle mutilations? Um, the, again, the, the two... When, when we look at what happens uh, in the cow mutilation, uh, where the, the organs are taken with a surgical precision, the body, uh, the, the animal is drained of blood. Um, Linda Moulton Howe, uh, I remember seeing one video of her talking about how the heart it was taken from uh, its, its encasement, and yet there's, there's no, I mean, how do they do that? I mean, what, what, what surgical implement was able to do that without any tearing or ripping or scar tissue? It's just like, it's just, how, how did this happen? You know, the heart was like sucked out or something. I mean, no one mm-hmm. knows. Um, it, it's horrific, and we're seeing exactly the same type of wounds and, and mutilations being done on humans. Um, like I said, um, genitalia completely, completely gone, cored out, um, flesh stripped off the sides of the jaw. Um, the person who I, my contact point is Butch Wachowski, uh, who came on my radio show, Acceleration Radio, a couple of weeks back, and. Two, riveting two hours, and uh, he's actually going. Um, he's sitting down for a sit-down interview with me um, on email. He'll be writing his answers, which will be published in the uh, April edition of my monthly news magazine, LAMarzilli.net, LAMarzilli.net. Eighteen bucks for a year, buck fifty a month, and um, you can cancel at any time unless, was, of course, you sign up for a year. Was that but a subliminal out. message that you just inserted in there? Did I just say uh, that? <laughs> another another shameless plug. Yeah. Sign up for a newsletter. To write a check. There you go. I'm sorry. Another shameless plug. No, that's okay. You know, this is this is all I do. I mean, I I do this 24 seven. This is it. No, this is no be a day blessing. job. There is no other career. Yes, I write, research, and talk on radio shows. So and this is, would be a blessing to the people. Uh, they need to get this in kind of, this kind of information, and also get it to share with other people and their family and their church too. I, pre- and, I appreciate your support, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But Butch Wachowski, um has has look. His background is, is law enforcement to begin with. All right, that's mm-hmm. his background for about thirty years. 
Uh, and what he realized is, is that there are about, uh, about a million missing persons a year which are turned in in the United States alone. Out of that one million, um, 97% of them uh, are found. But here, and here's the stats, which are really bizarre. Between 20 and 30,000 people a year go missing and nothing. Nothing. Not a trace. Not a trace is ever found. No body. Nothing. I mean, just like they've vanished from the earth. And now he's linking the human mutilation uh, into the abduction phenomena and linking this all together. His, his, um, mantra, so to speak, is if you see a UFO, if you see a light in the sky, if you see a craft, run as fast as you can. Get out of there. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't stop. Get out of there. He, like I, believe that this phenomena is highly malevolent, nefarious, evil, dangerous, whatever adjective you want to use. It is. And I mean, he's, he's not a Christian as far as I know. He comes from a, from a completely different worldview, different paradigm. He's looking at these human mutilations, actually was involved in one in Pennsylvania. And, uh, you know, I, I'll give you the thumbnail sketch. He talked about it on, on my show, just unnerving. This guy, this is how the story goes. A guy, little farm in, in Pennsylvania out in the country, right? He tells, gets on his ATV, says, honey, I'm going to go deer hunting. Uh, I'm taking the ATV on top of the hill, scout out for some deer. I'll be back in a couple hours. Takes the ATV and leaves. Well, two hours go by, no sign of him. Two more hours go by, his wife gets nervous, calls the police. They go search for the guy. They find the ATV, no problem, but no signs around it. But 50 yards away, at the top of a tree, they find one of the man's boots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know where this is going. This is uh, 24 hours later. They've got cadaver dogs there. It's a whole search, helicopter search and rescue. You know, cadaver dogs. I mean, these these guys are you know they're, they're trained. They know what they're doing, right? And uh, they don't find anything. 36 hours later, or thereabouts, about 75 feet from the house, the body is found in a thicket of 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 like thorns, like bristles. The body is is naked, no blood. One um, one hole over uh, in the temple area, and I think that there are other other parts. Next to the body was a dead rattlesnake, which also drained of blood. They had been by that thicket, law enforcement, cadaver dogs, for two days by that same exact thicket. And yet, here is this naked body, ashen color. His hands, the man's hands were in front of his face, like in, in a look of horror frozen on the man's face. Uh, the man was taken without a coroner being present on the scene, which is against Pennsylvania law. If you're dead, a coroner has to go there and pronounce that you're dead. Then they can take the body away. Mm-hmm. That's what a coroner does. Mm-hmm. No coroner on the scene, no, which, which raises huge red flags. No coroner on the scene. The body is taken. The family is never allowed to view the body. And the body is returned to the widow and the family in a welded steel casket, welded steel casket. It's then interred. Law enforcement has been completely silent about this thing. Mm. Wachowski has filed a Freedom of Information Act, and um, he's been actually harassed by law enforcement. But because he is law enforcement or was law enforcement, he gives it right back at him. He knows how to play their game. Mm-hmm. So that's one, one case he's working on. They're trying to get the body exhumed. 
you know, it sounds when, like Satanist. When, when, well, I was just going to say, when I was at Roswell uh, back in 2005 at the Ancient of Days conference, they had separate presentations off-site, actually at the Roswell hangar, where uh-huh. they presented this information, and it was not for the squeamish. There were other cases, one in Brazil and yeah. others where these similar things were done. Right. Uh, that, right. and, and the way, you know, putting this information in light with the things that Russ Dizdar talks about, right. we'll also be speaking at, at, uh, in Nashville here next month, and, and, and a host of other um, people, I, these kind of activities, it seems like there, there's, a, there's a number of characters that can be involved. You have your, your, your local Satanist and your others that do these ritual activities. You have high-level uh, groups, uh, high-level-run Satanist groups. You have the military in CIA groups that have maybe advanced technology to do things. And then you have w- w- certain things that you, you can't even imagine how they accomplished it. Uh, you know, certain extraction techniques and things like this uh, that leads, you know, direct uh, supernatural intervention, like the signs and wonders we're talking about, and like these creatures Correct. themselves. So I'm assuming, you know, those numbers of all these people who are missing, uh, I guess there's a number of them that are runaways and get found and or don't get found or whatever. But of that large bulk of remaining characters, something nefarious of probably one of these versions is going on. Uh, yeah, I, know I, I would a, agree. There's a, there's a, I know there's a trafficking of... Uh, of, of kids and things like that in the Orient and this and that, and that's going to peel off a lot of them and, and this and that. But what you're still remaining is this enormous number of people who have had ritualistic uh, abuse and death that occurs. And you've got ground-based occult groups. You've got these, uh, you know, rogue CIA and other groups doing things. And then you've got the supernatural powers on their own agenda, not even working through human agents or maybe alongside them, that does the things that you cannot explain how human people could accomplish. Is that... Does that make sense? As oh, it makes, it makes perfect sense and, and well put, Dr. Future. Very, very well put. And I would certainly concur. Uh, Wachowski um, is very familiar with the Brazilian human mutilation, the photographs. You can go on the net and see those. They are real. Um, it's, it's not doctored. It's not Photoshop. What you're looking at on that website, because if you, if you Google human mutilation, that's what comes up. A little bit of investigation. That site is real. Wachowski actually has the autopsy reports translated from Spanish into English. Mm. And the person was alive while he was being mutilated. Wow. 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 He was, he mm. was conscious. Mm. He was conscious. He was awake. So those, those are those nice space brothers that are coming back to, to help well, us out reach the higher this point. Is, this is, like you said, the, the Roswell hangar. This is the dirty little secret that the UFO community doesn't want to let out. Yeah. When I had Dr. Lynn Katai on my show last week, Phoenix Lights, with all due respect to her, she's you know a great guest, and you know we disagree as to what the phenomenon is, but we do agree that it's real burgeoning and not going away. Mm-hmm. The last half of the, of the equation we're, we're on board with. When I cornered her with the human mutilation, she just said, I don't know about anything else. I only know about Phoenix, and, and it, it seems all benevolent in Phoenix. Well, yeah. that's part of a deception, isn't it? Right. You know, make you feel euphoric, make you, um, you know, she's sucked in, in my opinion. She's right. being deceived, in my opinion. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom, a little bit uncomfortable about those human mutilations, Bionic. Yeah. With a little, little uh, I don't know. What Is that one of our to... darker topics? Yeah. Human mutilations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's the kind of enemy we face. And why would people personally pick following darkness when they know that's how they treat their employees? Because they like plow, power. 
They think they can get something out of it's it. It's a facade of power. I, it's sure, yanked yeah. from them whenever the dark forces decide they want to yank it from them. Yeah, I know. It's, it's totally know, God, crazy. God offers eternal responsibilities and rewards mm-hmm. for his faithful servants. Well, yeah. another faithful servant is Merv, who can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Okay. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, I'm running late. Let's get out. Okay, come back tomorrow for the last segment with Dr. Marzulli. Till then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I'm Tom, uh, still kind of wigged out about the, you know, the human mutilations, bionic. Yeah, that's a real unique middle name. Yeah. I don't think we've heard one like that before. You would have had to have heard yesterday's show uh, of our segment with Dr. L.A. Marzulli, uh, who was the author of the Alien Interviews and Politics, Prophecy, and the Supernatural, as well as the Nephilim Trilogy and a number of other books, and very active online as well. And we've been talking this week about signs and wonders, the current last day's birth pangs, and update. And this is our last segment coming up with uh, Dr. Marzulli. Um, but, yeah, it was pretty dark yesterday talking about that. And it only yeah. really scratched the surface. There's a lot more information yeah. that comes from. Wow. And secular researchers, sometimes they have to admit it, too. But they hate to think that these wonderful space brothers could be so yeah, abusive they, of us. Yeah, they, they, they're very uncomfortable with the idea that our quote-unquote space brothers are violent. Mm-hmm. That's not a good thing. That's I mean, right. We we who know know what's really going on see it, but it's, we would expect it. Yeah, given how they treat. It's scary to see it actually happening uh, to human beings now. Right. You know, well, it's like how uh, our, our our brother Hoffman, uh, Andrew Hoffman, was describing about the satanic uh, hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ones above uh, totally lord it like over the, the ones mob, below, yeah. and they're afraid of the ones it's above. Like the, like the mob, everybody's trying to knock each mm-hmm. other off without and, the hair. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, and the Guido suit. Okay, well, uh, here's our last segment with Dr. L.A. Marzulli, and we'll be right back to wrap it up here at Future Quick. Well, let me switch gears here as we're rounding third base, and I want to focus on the future. Uh, the Bible talks about signs and wonders in the sky being associated with the last days, in particular just before his return. What are some examples you can give us, uh, for those in our audience who maybe aren't as familiar with that, what, what are some examples of what, what were described and what we should anticipate seeing? Well, I mean, they're happening in real time again. Um, the signs and wonders are all around us, for those who have eyes to see. Um, we're getting a major earthquake now almost weekly, almost weekly, where, you know, 8, 8.8, in magnitude, you know, 7.2 in magnitude. Um, I'm still waiting for something. It's early in this week, but we'll see what happens. Um, I think there was another one off of Chile, 6.2 today, if I'm not mistaken. Um, look, the stuff that earthquakes, we're told that there'll be signs in the heavens. We're told that there'll be wars and rumors of wars, earthquakes in various places, famines and pestilence. Let's strip it down and walk through it. Um, w- regarding earthquakes, 
my research has showed that earthquakes have literally doubled from 1980 to 2008, from about 12,000 a year to well over 30,000 a year. So, I mean, those figures, you can massage, I guess, those figures anywhere you want to. We're seeing earthquakes that are unprecedented, 250,000 people killed in the Haitian earthquake. I mean, you know, and, and it's the Chilean earthquake and the Japanese earthquake and the big tsunami which hit, you know, um, um, Southeast Asia a few years back, it's not going away. We're seeing more and more and more of this type of devastation. Certainly Katrina is another one. Mm-hmm. Right now there are 30 different wars, conflicts happening globally, wars and rumors of wars, famines. Every 30 seconds a child dies of malnutrition on the planet. So people will go, well, there's no such thing as famine right now. Talk to the child who just died um, in, the, in the span of me telling you 30 seconds someone dies of hunger on this planet. Right. Uh, when we look at the pestilence, 60 million people, 50 to 60 million people have died in Africa alone mm-hmm. from the AIDS epidemic. 50 to 60 million people. Right. And, of course, on top of that, we put the 1 billion babies that have been killed in the abortion holocaust globally. And this is it, folks. We, mm-hmm. we are in. We are in the last days, in right. my opinion. Well, you know, even just focusing on the signs and wonders, I was, you know, referring to those in the sky. Uh, you mentioned, Tom, to uh, the prophecy in, in Joel, and you're talking mm-hmm. about the last days. Uh, we, we hear that the the uh, uh, red, the moon is going to turn blood red. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sun's right. going to go dark. Uh, these are the things that are going to show mankind that the day of the Lord is beginning. Uh, right. It says, Thank, fearful things will come on the earth, and it says men's hearts will fail them for what they see coming on the earth. Mm-hmm. So we haven't seen anything yet compared to what we'll see in the onset of the the last days, correct? I mean, signs and wonders are nothing compared to what's getting ready to happen. It's going to be a major part, things in the sky. Uh, the book of Revelation well, has lots and lots of things going on in the sky overhead right. uh, as, as part of, of, of what this is. When, when it says men, just put these, put these scriptures together. Even the elect would be deceived if that were possible. Men failing from what is coming on the earth, that Satan comes with all signs and lying wonders. When we start putting all that together, we get an overview that whatever is coming is unlike any other time in history. As Jesus himself utters the most sobering warning in the Bible, when he says, unless those days were cut short, no human flesh would survive. That's what we're getting into, folks. That's what we're looking at. Of course, the good news is he comes back. History as we know it ends. He puts he puts to death, you know, sin as we know it. Those of us who are with him, we're in our immortal bodies. Those of us who get raptured with him, we are now in our immortal bodies. He binds Satan and casts him with a beast and the false prophet into the lake of fire and establishes really for the first time a theocracy on this planet on this planet, which is just amazing. And he rules from Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. He rules from Jerusalem. But to get to that point, we are going to experience either a lead-up to the tribulation, which we're going to see signs, or depending on your, on your, or in your view of when we get beamed out of here, and I know many people are pre-trib, others are mid, others are post. And I'm not going to argue which position is correct. I say it's all going to pan out in the end. We're not told to argue about it. We're told to watch the signs and be prepared. Be prepared. You know, yeah. He, he's going to beam us out. That's his job. It's not my job to know when. It's like a kid in the back of the car. It drives me nuts. Are we there yet? 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 
Shut up and watch, look at the scenery. Watch the sign. Right. And be working. Yeah. Be the working. Think yeah. that be they're working. They're going to be getting out of school early and thus hold their whatever specific eschatological position because they're just like, oh, well, I don't have to worry about that because uh, exactly. Jesus is coming back and it's going to be okay. Right. And uh, we just need to be, when the Lord comes, we need to be found working. I've always said that, you know, when the Lord shows up at the saloon to stop the spiritual battle in the saloon, I want him to catch me with my arm swung back, you know, and like with one of Satan's minions, yeah, got him yeah. by the throat, and, and right. call out at that time. You, you don't want to be seen cowering in the corner, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sucking your thumb in the corner, behind the piano. hurrying up, waiting yeah. for him to come. You want to be in the, in the middle of the melee, as the Lord calls us to be contending for the faith at this time. And, and you know, I, I've shared this with you before and with our listeners that, I'm of the the inclination that the, what Jesus talked about, the uh, parable of the fig tree, actually ties to the figs he refers to a couple verses earlier, uh, when it says that the stars of heaven will fall like figs shaken uh-huh. from a ripe fig tree, uh, which is clearly explained elsewhere in Revelation to be angelic powers that are thrown down to earth to they basically wreak havoc on this earth before judgment comes upon them. And that when when it says that these leaves are just tender and ripe and you get those first figs, know that I'm near at the door. And I wonder if some of these isolated UFO sightings are in fact part of Jesus' prophecy about this fig tree ripening. Uh, and in fact, uh, we should expect that we should see uh, isolated events like these signs and wonders in the sky. Or even people like Barry Comish, who uh, I don't believe to be a Christian, but who uh, did a work, he was an investigative journalist in Israel, that said, right. you know, back with, during the UFO flap of, I believe, 97, that right. people all over Israel were reporting not only seeing these UFOs, but seeing giants walking the earth in the vicinity of where these things were landing. So right. I right. wouldn't be shocked to see more and more of these kind of things happen in the days ahead. And we have an education process. I know you're you're working in burning the midnight oil. Uh, trying to educate as many Christians as possible about it. We're trying to do our part, but we all have a lot of work to do, including our Futurian listeners, to get the word out so people do not fall to that deception that you're you're talking about. Um, in, in speaking of that, um, how do you think these type of last day signs and wonders will be executed and fulfilled? There's a bunch of them that are listed in Revelation, as an example, in terms of the type of manifestations we can comprehend. Are there certain ways that, based upon the actions of the dark side to date, on how you think he's going to pull off some of these signs and wonders? And, you know, the false prophet is going to do all sorts of deceiving signs and wonders, and he's going to have an image that will speak to, you know, force everyone to, to give their allegiance to the beast. What, what are some of the techniques that you suspect that we will see, you know, if what, we have, what happens is very soon? I'm actually reading a book called Christianity... Uh, an anti-Christian is written in 1898, um, just a fabulous book. And, and this this gentleman who wrote this book is talking about what's his name, uh, by the way. I think it's Stuart. Last okay. name is Stuart, I think. I was just looking over at my stack; it's not there. It's in the other Cause, room. Because he comes from that era of uh, George Pember. George Pember, exactly. And, and these other exactly. guys that was a real yep. golden age. You know, you've got yep. Bollinger. It's the golden age, man. These guys knew their scripture. They knew their prophecy on, on on their shoulders. I stand absolutely. That's right. Without without a doubt, um, all hats off to these godly, amazing men. He talks about and nails this home. Um, and I I tried to nail it nail it down in my politics, prophecy, and the supernatural book when I talked about uh, in Second Thessalonians chapter two, where it says or states 
that um, that the man of sin, the son of perdition, will not be revealed until the great falling away happens. And the wording in the Greek is apostasia, where we get our word apostasy from. And he elaborates on this that there, you know this great falling away is an event. It's not the slow, gradual thing. People make the, well, you know, we're falling away, and this, no, 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 you don't understand. It's an event. It's a great apostasy. And he, he puts it in tandem with, again, in, in that passage in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, talking about the mystery, the secretness, the secret of lawlessness already at work two thousands of years ago. All that to say, when, when the science, this begs the question, what would cause a great falling away? What would cause people to abandon the faith and follow after a lie, strong delusion. You know what? All you got to do is, is get the book, The Alien Interviews, and read Ricky Sorrell's description of what he saw in Stevensville, Texas. And, and that speaks volumes. He's there. He's eyewitness. He looks up, and, you know, he's out deer hunting. He gets caught up in the briars, and he looks up, and there's a craft which is at least a mile wide. He looked in, he looked in dire- every direction and could not see the end of the craft. His worldview was rocked. When I sent him my book, Politics, Prophecy, and Supernatural, to try to, you know, Rick, this is what you're seeing, um, he was still trying to process it. He was overwhelmed, short-circuited. And that's the problem with what the pastors don't get and what the church doesn't get. When a three-mile-wide craft flies over, excuse me, flies over or, or hovers in a city near you, it's too late. The deception, it's like the plan has been pulled. And I believe, and I've said this in politics, prophecy, and supernatural, I believe it will happen after an event in the Middle East. I, I pin it to the Ezekiel 38-39 war. Could be wrong there. Bill Salas has a different opinion. He believes it's the Psalm 83 war followed by Ezekiel. Whatever it is, at some point in time, there's going to be a conflagration in the Middle East where we see a nuclear weapon deployed, which will create the greatest collective fear that humanity has ever known. The Luciferians, the Satanists, travel. Their currency is one of fear. That's what they move in. That's what they thrive on. That's what they promulgate. What it, with CNN, remember when Michael Jackson died? Every eye was on the on, on YouTube, on the internet, on TV. It was like Michael Jackson all over the world. Well, when this when a nuclear event happens in the Middle East, what do you think that's going to be? Everyone will be talking about this thing. Everyone will be absolutely terrified. Is this World War Three, or we will go and annihilate the human race? That's when they pull the trigger, in my opinion. That's a scenario. That's a theory. That's not biblical. But it's a theory based on tons and tons of research. That's when they'll pull the trigger. That's when they'll manifest. And guess what? Millions, millions of people will follow and believe the lie. They'll be prone. They'll be looking for the Savior. They'll be looking for someone to deliver them from this global, you know, annihilation. And, and who better? than our friendly space brothers with their three-mile-wide craft who genetically manipulated us, who created all life on, pla- on planet Earth, who started all the world's religions and are now back at this crucial juncture in time to usher us into a mm-hmm. new age. You heard it here first, folks. It's all a <laughs> priori, well in advance of what when it takes place. You know, and, and we're not here. You can go back and listen to the archives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um and I, I think you would agree with me, too, as we alluded to earlier, is that people are being groomed right now to be prepared to look up. Absolutely. And not to look up to, to, to Jehovah, but to look up to anybody else who can come 
without talking about sin, without, you know, redemption and all these other kind of things, but to actually just have some way to lift them out of the malaise that the world is going to come. Uh-huh. And, and they're, you know, one could look in politics, one could look in, in other leaders on the ground and this and that, and there'll be many who say that they are, they are Jesus or I'm the Christ, but they're particularly being looked to, to look up and to look up for apparitions, things in the sky. And uh, that's why this, uh, like V, like you mentioned, that has come back again. Sure. It's sort of evidence of that, is that everybody's looking up overhead, and they're seeing there something that's going to profoundly change their life. And they're they're ripe for deception because of that at that time. Uh, as we're, we're coming toward the end here, can, can you give a, just a quick word to our listeners about uh, what is a good litmus test for Chris, Christians, for our listeners to use to discern the origins and the intents of these signs and visions so they can discern those that are from God versus those that are from, from the dark side and even entities uh, who could be associated with them. And, and, and what does the Bible give us as a guide in that regard? Well, the Bible does equip us. It tells us to test, test the spirits. Um, it tells us to do that. We're also given sort of a, a crash course in, in the epistle, John's epistle, which uh, you know John's letter, which basically tells us um, and to ask, ask Spirit this question. See, no one asked this question at Fatima. And, and the question is simply this. Did Jesus come in the flesh? It's real simple. Did Jesus come in the flesh? Watch what they do. Watch the reaction of the person who's either possessed or the entity. Watch what they say. Well, yes, he came in the flesh, but, but, but. Watch for the but. Watch, no, he didn't come in the flesh, then it's obvious. Watch that the entity won't answer and, and, and go, well, you know, Jesus is one of our brothers, and he thought he didn't really come in the flesh. It was more of a, of a etheric body. I mean, whatever it is, and the reason why the question drives them nuts, the demons and the fallen angels nuts, is because Jesus coming in the flesh, okay, spelled their doom, and they know it. That changed everything. They blew it when they crucified mm-hmm. him. They thought they were they they thought they won. In fact, they lost. Satan didn't. didn't he knew mm-hmm. something was up. So he thought by killing him, he thought by killing him, he was going to win, and then stop the whole thing, and he would be king of the earth forever. And he didn't understand the plan. He didn't get it. He didn't understand it. He has he has foresight. He can see somewhat into the future. The analogy I use, and I'm using this in the 2012 book. Please pray for me that I will get off the dime and continue to write. I'm still <laughs> okay. in research mode. Yeah. Okay. I got like sure. I'm still at 20, 20 books. But the bot, you know, the guy got to wade through yet. But the bottom line is the analogy I use: you're standing in a cornfield. You see a couple of feet in front of you. Welcome to the time-space continuum. One second, two second, three second, four second. Satan, however, has pulled up in a nice fiery red. <laughs> Uh, fire engine with a hook and ladder and he's just extending the hook and ladder and he's at the top of that ladder, he's up about two or three stories and guess what, he can see the entire cornfield and a little further after that he's not bound by time in the way we are he's in the second heaven, but he's not all knowing God on the other hand poor analogy perhaps, is in a helicopter mm-hmm. or better yet in a space shuttle with a, with a, with a camera which has you know, an incredible lens can read, can read a, the, the date of a dime from you know, ten miles up in space or whatever he can see everything. He knows exactly what's going to happen. That gives us the analogy of what we're dealing with here. Um, and, and, and that's why the enemy knew something was up, but didn't know what. Didn't know what. That's why the 2012 thing, I'm getting ahead of myself, it's a marker. He knows something's up. He said it way back with the Mayans, which, you know, that's, mm-hmm. I don't want to get into any more of that because it's, it's, it's a whole new book and that'll lead me down a rabbit trail okay. I don't want to get into. <laughs> but, but basically testing the spirits by saying, 
asking specifically, did Jesus come in the flesh, drives them crazy. The other thing is rebuke first, ask questions later. Uh-huh. You just stand there and you go, and don't look in the eyes, whatever you do. Right. Yeah. If there's an entity in front of us, we don't look in the eyes. Turn your head away, cover it with your hand, and say, by the blood the of eyes, Jesus, yeah. don't never look in the eyes. The blood of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you. The blood of Jesus, the Lord, not I rebuke you. Who, who are we? We've got right. nothing. The blood of Jesus, the Lord rebuke you. And in order to practice that, you should mm-hmm. say it ten times every day. Just so it's odd. Because when, when you're, look, I've been around people who are demon-possessed, and, we, you know, and, 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 in a deliverance ministry, that took a while to get out. And and, in deliverance, it clouds the mind. When that entity begins Mm -hmm. to manifest, it clouds your mind. It's hard to remember, what's my name at this point? It should be instinctual, in other words. Exactly. It's got to be rote. You've got to know it. You know, it's got to be part of, look, I'm going to say that I get a thought that comes in, guys, and I know where it's from, immediate blood of Jesus. Immediately, blood of Jesus. I rebuke mm-hmm. you in the name of in the name of Yeshua Hamashiach. The Lord rebuke you. You know I am dead to you. You are dead to me. You mm-hmm. have you have no right here. If that's you know, good enough, yeah. If it's good enough for the uh, archangel Michael when Bingo. he says the Lord rebuke you in the book of Jude to Satan, uh, right. who are we not to do the same? Who are we? Uh, and the other thing is there are, there are times when you when you can't remember even that when right. you can't even remember, and I've experienced this. When I could not remember to say, you know, the Lord, anything fancy, it was just the blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, over and over and over mm-hmm. again. And it was like taking a sword, literally, and saying mm-hmm. the blood of Jesus and hacking with that sword mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the enemy's ranks. That's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. I wasn't doing that physically, but that's what it was like in the spirit. We had a, By saying a, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, I was thrusting and parrying with every time I said that thing. And, and I won. I Dr. won the Mar- battle. Dr. we had a guest on here in the early days of Future Quake that had had, had had spirits come upon him. In fact, they had been seen by other people in the room. And he pled the blood of Jesus as he had been taught as a child. And those spirits were seen to flee by everyone in the room. But as the years went past, they came back. And they mm. kept telling him, do not talk about the blood of Jesus. Talk about the love of Jesus. <laughs> and they found, and they finally convinced him to do that, and the spirits came back and stayed. And wow. he showed us pictures of them, and it was one of the most chilling things. And that's a wow. lesson to all of our listeners out there that we're coming in days of tremendous spiritual attack and warfare. They'll come after you, come after your loved ones. They'll oppress Christians. They will they possess. Hate you. They hate you. They the, want nothing else right. to drag you down to hell. And they will possess uh, others. And uh, it's no time for frivolity. It's time for seriousness. It's time to roll your sleeves up and be grimly about the Lord's work with sobriety, clearness of mind. And with that word said, could you please tell our listeners how they can get your materials, your books, uh, get your other materials that you have available, and keep up with your research? I'd I like to thank you. First of all, guys, thanks for having me on the show. It's really been great. Um, and uh, I hope it blesses those who listen. Uh, for your listening audience, it's lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net, lamarzuli.net. From there, you can go to the blog. Um, we've got tons of tons of stuff on the store to sell. This is all I do. Um, if any of you who are listening that want to really contribute to this or donate, there's a donation button on the blog. It's on the right hand side. Um, and I would ask you, look, I, I'm, I'm not ashamed to ask for this. Um, you know, buy the books, buy the DVDs. That helps us. But uh, it's the enemy wants to starve me out, starve us out. If he can cripple us financially, 
we can only do so much. And and I'm not using that as some sort of a ploy to raise mm-hmm. money. I'm telling you exactly what's going on here. If if we could get a little bit of money, we could go and film some of these places. I've got an incredible producer, filmmaker, and and, and he's, he's a Christian and he's with it. Mm-hmm. We're ready to go. We just need funding to do this. Without the money, we can't move. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, think twice, maybe some of your listeners before you tithe into some of this other stuff which is out there, and I'm not going to, you know, start name-picking or any of that, but mm-hmm. at least consider consider what, what the last two hours that I've done here, mm-hmm. which is based on ongoing research, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, the books Nephilim tying it into Maitreya, tying it into the Star of Bethlehem, I mean, that that in itself is, is it's unbelievable, and yet it's happening mm-hmm. in real time. So support what I do, lamarzuli.net lamarzuli.net I blog five days a week I also have a Twitter account you can follow me on Twitter I, I, I usually do like one or two tweets a day pointing to the blog because that's where mm-hmm. it, everything on the, it, that's happening in real time happens on the blog that's right and um, <clears throat> we'll have that link on futurequake.com as well appreciate it uh, what, can I ask you just really quickly in our last minute what you'll be speaking on at the last day's conference or can you uh, tell it'll us? Be a, it'll, unfortunately, I wish I had eight hours, but I don't. It's, I only have, I think, two hours, and so it'll be a very a crammed uh, course through politics, prophecy, and the supernatural. That PowerPoint presentation, I just did it in Cheyenne, mm-hmm. took four hours to do. <laughs> two hours yeah. in the morning, two hours in yeah. the afternoon, and it was, a, it was a, a, a preamble to it on Friday night of two hours, which was mm-hmm. a biblical okay. um, exposition of of Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, which primes the pump. And, get, and what, you know, for me, what, what was rewarding after eight hours of talking or six hours of talking, I never did get to the alien interviews. After six hours of giving information with the PowerPoint presentation and the whole nine yards, the last hour of the light bulbs, you could see the light bulbs go off in people's heads. Right. They got it. The dots were connected, and they got it. That, mm-hmm. to me, is more rewarding than anything. Sure. Will you have books with you at the conference? Absolutely. Books, DVDs, the whole the whole nine yards. Okay, so if they come to the conference on the 23rd and 24th of April, you can sign uh, personalized books and things like that that they can buy on site. Absolutely. Count okay. on it. That would be wonderful. That should be enough reason for you all to come to the conference coming up. Get the other materials ahead of time. Uh, get them at lamarzuli.net. Bring them, and I'm sure he'll sign them at the conference, too, when you come here and speak. You'll want to meet him face-to-face. Thank you so much, brother, for coming with us today and spending this time with us. Dr. Future, Tom Bionic, the pleasure was all mine. Thank you, guys, and God bless your ministry. Yeah. It's great. Godspeed you yeah. and your ministry as well. We're back at Future Quake with Dr. Future. And Tom coming up out of the foxhole for Jesus, like just going at it, Bionic. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> you didn't even mention New World Order this New week. New World Order, Rockefeller, they're both going down. Okay. But we're talking directly about uh, aerial principalities and powers this week. Mm-hmm. That are in the uh, second heaven. Yeah. Uh, that are doing their aerial signs and wonders. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about the, uh, in conclusion here, about what we should expect in the last days. We are going to be entering days, if we're entering the last days, of tremendous signs and wonders in the sky. Yeah. And men and women's hearts will fail them if they've not studied their Bible, listened to shows like Future Quake and similar ones, and been prepared to recognize that the deception's underway and to not fall for it. Mm-hmm. Like all the warnings in, in Peter and elsewhere in the Bible mm-hmm. talk about these last days deception Don't and to fall prepare for ourselves. It. Don't do it. Stay mm-hmm. close to your Bible. Read about what it really says. Don't let mm-hmm. somebody who's got a degree from some questionable source 
influence you. Mm-hmm. Don't well, don't. not only know it for yourself and instruct your family, but instruct other people in your church and yeah. other people. Get out there, to tell be other people about what's, what's going, on. going on, and expect mm-hmm. ridicule because if you yeah. get it right, they're going to be after you. Right, and uh, you know you got the Catholic Church prepping their people for mm-hmm. alien visitation, all these things. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a big story. Uh, you'd better do it and find out. And somebody else uh, who can visit you is Merv, who can tell you how to contact us at Future Quake. Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. we got to go. He's a little more malevolent, malevolent when he comes in. Yeah, that's true. Uh, come back tomorrow for tomorrow's Tremors. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. quake, quake, quake. Welcome to the Future Quake Show. I am Dr. Future. And I am Tom Sheepoo Holder Bionic. Okay, you might need to explain what a Sheepoo is so people know. Oh, you tell them what a Sheepoo is. A Sheepoo is a breed of dog that's half Shih Tzu, half Poodle. Mm-hmm. And our staff member Pyro happens to be of that particular species. Mm-hmm. And he's here with in the studio. Very wonderful uh, lap dog. Which uh, means it happens to be Friday. And mm-hmm. what does that signify, Mr. Bionic? It is Revelation 18 News. Yeah. Uh, in what way is it? Well, we get to look at the news stories that have kind of come up on the radar in the past week that deal with, um, you know, well, Revelation 18, the false government, the false political stuff, uh, the false religion, and the false merchants of the mm-hmm. world uh, conspiring against uh, people, us, mm-hmm. culture, God's elect. To, uh, to deceive mankind. Deceive mankind. As it says in Revelation 18. Yep. You know what? You can even go in the, and look in Daniel 2. I saw this this morning. You can even go in Daniel 2 and when they talk about the miry clay and the feet. Mm-hmm. Um, in the King James Version, there are uh, three separate paragraphs that all talk about a different aspect of that miry clay and iron. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I haven't had a chance mm-hmm. to look at it more than yeah. that, but I thought that maybe those two it things is. were together. And Mary Clay says it's they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men. Mm-hmm. The question is, who's they? Yeah. Of course, that's your long answer for it. Uh, I choose to call it tomorrow's tremors or today's review of the future's news. You can uh, call it anything you want. Just don't call me late for, for dinner. Ladies and gentlemen, it's great to be back with you for Friday. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Lynn Marzulli this week. As we keep trucking along, trying to provide information out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, of course, Lynn was with us. Uh, and we're trying to focus on a few of the speakers who will be at the last day's 2010 conference. Mm-hmm. Besides uh, me and you, up. of course. All right. Yeah. That's what people are really coming for is to hear you and I speak. I know they're just trying to be yep. polite to Russ Isdar and Lynn Marzulli and Joe the rest and of the gang. Chris, mm-hmm. yeah. Joe Jordan, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any comments on that? <clears throat> I am just jazzed. I've been working hard on my speech. Hopefully I can speak in complete sentences for a change in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, that always seems to be a big problem when I have to actually I just hope your middle name doesn't take most of your allotted time. <laughs> 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 that would be bad. 
I know That's it's funny. Gonna, That's a good one. I, I know it's going to be brilliant. We're going to we're going to showcase some of the speakers here the next few weeks to try mm-hmm. to do everything we can to those of you in our listening audience within any reasonable means of coming to the greater Nashville area to come to this conference. Get on down here uh, to see the unique uh, information that you're going to get, unique mm-hmm. experience that you're going to have mm-hmm. meeting these people face to face. If you want to find out more, go to last-days.net. That's it, bro. Uh, someone who I keep forgetting to mention who who is going to be part of the whole experience is Derek Gilbert from Period yeah. of the Darkness Radio mm-hmm. or PidRadio.com. One of the best radio voices in conspiratronics. Yeah. I used to like to think it was me, but really it's him. He, I have to say, you sound good, but no, I, I think don't. he sounds a little better. No, he's he's great, but uh, he has a lot of good stuff to say. And mm-hmm. Pid Radio, if you're not listening, in fact, really, more people come from Pid Radio to come over and listen to us than vice versa. They mm-hmm. sit more listeners our way than vice versa. But uh, if you're not familiar with Peering into Darkness Radio or PidRadio.com, they have a regular podcast on there that is excellent. Yeah. And it's a good... Uh, uh, augment supplement to future quake and vice versa. Yeah, well, they've been. I They're think they've people. been doing this a little bit longer. We have, right? No, actually, uh, within a few weeks of when future quake oh, started. Oh wow! The spring of 2005 was a momentous time for world history. <laughs> sort of like the Enlightenment or something like that. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I have some stories to go over. All uh, right. What about yourself? I have one or two too. I, I have. Uh, well, why don't you? I like your stories always. Is always better oh, than no, mine. Oh no, that's not. Yours true. are so much better than mine. Why that's not you? true. Yeah. Well, anytime you can talk about the CIA and LSD, it's hard to giving pass it up. To, uh, yeah, giving it what? to Corsicans. Oh, don't say, don't say. Okay, here don't we go. Worry, we, I, I, we want to unveil it. I've camouflaged it. Yeah. Nobody knows who a Corsicans are. Yeah, I was Chevy used to make a Corsican. Uh, the <laughs> Telegraph newspaper in the uh, UK, uh, one of their top newspapers, had this story recently. Uh, French bread spiked with LSD and CIA experiment. <clears throat> and when we say French bread, we mean... Bread in the France. French. Yeah. A 50 year old mystery over the cursed bread of Pont Saint Esprit, which left residents suffering hallucination, has been solved after a writer discovered the U.S. had spiked the bread with LSD as part of an experiment. I wonder if this is near Lourdes. I don't know. That's another interesting. Yeah. Uh, French bread spiked with LSD in CIA experiment. And American ex- investigative journalist has uncovered evidence suggesting the CIA peppered local food with the hallucinogenic drug LSD. In 1951, a quiet, picturesque village in southern France was suddenly and mysteriously struck down with mass insanity and hallucinations. At least five people died. Dozens were interned in as- asylums and hundreds afflicted. For decades, it was assumed that the local bread had been unwittingly poisoned with a psychedelic mold. Now, however, an American investigative journalist has uncovered evidence suggesting the CIA peppered local food with the hallucinogenic drug LSD as part of a mind control experiment at the height of the Cold War. The mystery of Le Pain Maudé, or Cursed Bread, uh, still haunts the inhabitants of Pont Saint-Esprit in the Gard, southeast France. Hmm. On August 16, 1951, the inhabitants were suddenly racked with frightful hallucinations of terrifying beast and fire. One man tried to drown himself, screaming that his belly was e- being eaten by snakes. An 11-year-old tried to strangle his grandmother. <clears throat> Another man shouted, I am a plane, before jumping out of a second-floor window, breaking his legs. He then got up and carried on for 50 yards. Another saw his heart escaping through his feet and begged a doctor, doctor to put it back. 
Many were taken to the local asylum in straitjackets. Wow, they must you have know, given a whole lot of LSD. This is a common experience from our listeners after listening to a future quake episode. Yeah. A very similar description. Yeah, uh, especially the strangling the grandmother. Right, yeah. right. There was nothing wrong with that. Well, kid. in the straitjackets, people who yeah. know. Yeah. Time magazine wrote at the time, Among the stricken, delirium, delirium rose. Patients thrashed wildly on their beds, screaming that red flowers were blossoming from their bodies, that their heads had turned to molten lead. Eventually, it was determined that the best-known local baker uh, had unwittingly contaminated his flour with ergot, a hallucinogenic mold that infects rye grain. Mm -hmm. Another theory was that the bread had been poisoned with organic mercury. However, H.P. Alberelli Jr., an investigative journalist, claims the outbreak resulted from a covert experiment directed by the CIA and the U.S. Army's top-secret Special Operations Division at Fort Detrick, Maryland. Detrick, Maryland. The scientist who produced both alternative explanations, he writes, worked for the Swiss-baked Sandoz Pharmaceutical Company, which was then supplying both the Army and CIA with LSD. Great. Now, that's an interesting satellite to this story. One is like the horrible atrocity, but the scientists who stepped forward to try to offer some innocuous explanations mm -hmm. were actually on the payroll. Uh, the wow. same company supplying the Imagine that. LSD. So, so the local only, so scientists who solved it for the media, they went on. So they're controlling the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, that's a little sad. That's quick, mm -hmm. easy So the forget. investigative journalist was really conspiring to hide all this. Well, back, wow. back in the time when this happened, yeah. these guys came forward and said, oh, we can explain it simply. Yeah. And then it died down. Mm -hmm. How often do you think that's probably happened? Oh, know, I'm sure then. this was an isolated incident. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Alberelli came across CIA documents while investigating the suspicious suicide of Frank Olson, a biochemist working for the SOD who fell from a 13th floor window two years after the cursed bread incident. Uh, just like these guys at the UN scientists. One note transcribes a conversation between a CIA agent and a Sandoz official who describes the, quote, secret of Pont Saint-Esprit, and explains that it was not at all caused by mold, but by diethylamide, the D in LSD. While compiling his book, A Terrible Mistake, The Murder of Frank Olson and the CIA's Cold War Experiments, uh, Mr. Alberelli, who I have, am pursuing to get on the show, by the mm, way, uh, spoke to former colleagues of Mr. Olson, two of whom told him that the Pont Saint-Esprit incident was part of a mind control experiment run by the CIA and U.S. Army. After the Korean War, the Americans launched a vast research program into mental manipulation of prisoners and enemy troops. Scientists at Fort Detrick told him that agents had spread LSD into the air and also contaminated local foot products. Local uh, foot products? I, I don't know. Mr. Alberelli said the real smoking gun was a White House document sent to members of the Rockefeller Commission in 1975 to investigate CIA abuses. It contained the names of a number of French nationals who had been secretly employed by the CIA and made direct reference to the Pont Saint-Esprit incident. In its quest to research LSD as an offensive weapon, Mr. Alberelli claims, the U.S. Army also drugged over 5,700 unwitting American servicemen between 1953 and 1965. None of his sources would indicate whether the French secret services were aware of the alleged operation. According to U.S. news reports, French intelligence chiefs have demanded the CIA explain itself following the book's revelations. French intelligence officially denies this. Locals in Pont Saint-Esprit still want to know why they were hit by such apocalyptic scenes. At the time, people brought up the theory of an experiment aimed at controlling a popular revolt. Hmm said Charles Granjo, 71. I almost kicked the bucket, he told the weekly French magazine. 
lay in rocked pools. He says, <laughs> I'd like to know why. Yeah, I would too. That's a pretty far out story, I thought. Yeah, well, it's, it seems to be pretty well documented. I'm proud to be an American, <laughs> or at least I know I'm drugged by my government. <laughs> Where at least I have got a bunch of LSD. Right. Yeah. So there you go. All Put right. that in your pipe and smoke it. Don't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, mine is much shorter. Uh, this really actually isn't a story. Story off a news site per se, mm-hmm. but it was just an announcement uh, that I thought was very good because you know, um, as as we've mentioned, oftentimes we read all these stories from recent history and we have these people that testify and they go, oh well, I can believe that all that stuff happened in hindsight, but it's not really happening now. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, WikiLeaks. This is via WikiLeaks. The U.S. intelligence planned to destroy WikiLeaks. You sure it's not WikiLeaks? I think it's WikiLeaks, like okay, Wikipedia. Wiki- Okay. You don't say Wikipedia, do you? I think I do say Wikipedia. Well, I don't know. They're not here to okay. confirm. So, well, I'll, I'll go with your pronunciation. You're you're the um, you're the senior brain in the two man operation. Mm-hmm. More likely to be wrong. Yeah. WikiLeaks. This is via WikiLeaks. This document is a classified, and this is a this is an announcement that they have. So I'm just reading it verbatim. Uh, and of course, feel free to comment, Doctor Future. Mm-hmm. Uh, this document is a classified. Uh, it's classified secret, no foreign. Uh, 32-page U.S. and counterintelligence inve- investigation into WikiLeaks. The possibility that current employees or moles within DOD or elsewhere in the U.S. government are providing sensitive or classified information to WikiLeaks.org cannot be ruled out. It concocts a plan to fatally marginalize the organization. Since WikiLeaks uses trust as a center of gravity by protecting the anonymity and the identity of the insiders, leakers or whistleblowers, quote-unquote, the report recommends identification, exposure, termination of employment, criminal prosecution, legal action against current or former insiders, leakers, or whistleblowers uh, could potentially or damage... uh, could potentially or damage this center of gravity and deter others considering similar actions by using the WikiLeaks.org website. So what they're saying there is that we're going to find the people who are, you know, leaking this, and uh, uh, we're going to find the insiders who leak and the and the quote unquote whistleblowers, and then we're going to, you know, sue them so that they can't, you know, people think twice about blowing the whistle on something yeah. that's bad. Uh, as two years have passed since the date of the report, this is this is in parentheses. As two years have passed since the date of the report, no WikiLeaks source exposed. Uh, it appears that this plan is was ineffective. Uh, as an odd justification for the plan, the report claims that several foreign countries, including China, Israel, North Korea, Russia, Vietnam, and Zimbabwe, have denounced or blocked access to the WikiLeaks.org website. The report further the the report provides further justification by enumerating embarrassing stories broken by WikiLeaks, the U.S. equipment expenditure in Iraq, probable U.S. violations of the Chemical Warfare Convention Treaty in Iraq, probable. That came out in congressional mm-hmm. testimony. Um, the battle over the Iraq town of Fallujah and the human rights violations in Guantanamo Bay, all of this culminating in a recommendation of uh, destroying WikiLeaks or WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. So here it is, CIA saying, we've got to get rid of that freedom of information. <clears throat> so what I take from this story is is that we all need to use WikiLeaks a whole lot more. And uh, probably we should quote them more on the show here 
And if our government doesn't want us to use it, then by all means we should use it well, a bit. Uh, that and the other thing is, is if they're openly, or uh, I guess not openly, uh, that's the point of the thing they talked about doing it, but this this document came to the surface. If they're talking about <coughs> shutting down websites that they don't like, we ought to be taking screenshots of, right. of some of these things. Cause, that's right. Download uh, it. And 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 don't even get it to where the internet can get to it. I mean, download mm-hmm. on your on your hard external drive. Hard drive, yeah. Yeah, an external hard drive would be even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because make a paper copy and mm-hmm. be prepared to send around. It'll be like Fahrenheit 451, the movie, where yep. everybody's be around there having memorized a book. Except to like recite it more to intense. Yeah, yeah, more intense. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Wow. <clears throat> well, I have a short one too here. All right. Uh, which uh. You all that read them or listen to mainstream media may not have heard this, except if you listen to Depka. Uh, Depka uh, online, uh, as people well know, comes out of Israel. Uh, it's often considered a mouthpiece of the Israeli Defense Forces. Um, some people think that they pro- they probably exaggerate or have slanted information mm-hmm. supporting their interests, but I, I don't remember stuff that was been clearly caught fraudulent, like you know a complete no. fabrication. It may be slanted. Yeah, it- it's probably like you know, like NPR or something, where they start with fact and yeah. editorialize heavily and blend in. Yeah, yeah but the, the information is still useful, particularly stories like this, which, if it's true, it makes you wonder why we've not heard of it in the main, mainstream news. This just came out: Iraqi's leading prime minister candidate Maliki injured by assassins. Uh, Deb Kafiles, you know who Maliki is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort of looks Maliki. like he yeah, looks like Fred Flintstone. Sort of got a kind five of o'clock shadow round, all the time. Draw. Yeah, that's a very sort like a, Iraqi thing. Sort I of mean, a sad looking face. You yeah, know. never really figured that out. He looks really like a politician, not not real smart. Debbie Kafal's intelligence and Baghdad sources disclosed that Prime Minister Nouri al Maliki was injured in an attempt on his life last Thursday, March 11th. His armored convoy came under an RPG automatic fire attack after a bomb hit his car. U.S. and Iraqi authorities have blocked out the incident, but our sources learned that Maliki is being treated for moderate to serious injuries at the American Military Hospital. One source says he was hit in the arm. His doctors apparently found his condition was too serious for him to face TV cameras and deliver a broadcast statement to the nation scheduled Sunday, March 14th, although members of his State of the Law Party were beginning to ask questions about his disappearance. As the counting of the votes continues in Iraq's general election, it confirms Maliki Party's lead against its uh, foremost rival, former Prime Minister Ilah Iyad Alawi, secular Iraqabiyah <laughs> bloc of liberal Shiites and Sunni Muslims. Hmm. Alawi is running a, an active campaign to prove widespread vote rigging, both in the balloting of the 19 million eligible voters in the country. Uh, and the more than one and a half million ballots outside. It sounds like we really did export our democracy to them. I was going to say, that, were they like debolt voting machines? Yeah. Uh, Maliki is running ahead in seven to nine provinces. Still, Alawi, who appears to have carried five, hopes to unseat his rival and win a second term as prime minister. The uh, incident, uh, uh, excuse me, the incumbent, a Shiite, that would be uh, Maliki, is solidly back from Washington as its best hope for a stable government that would allow the U.S. military to pull out of Iraq on time in August, seven years after the invasion. Do you believe they're really going to pull out in August? Mm-mm. Uh, Saudi they Arabia. They got their Stargate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's true. That's another story. Saudi yes. Arabia and Syria and some circles of the Obama administration promoted uh, Alawi's bid. 
The attack on Maliki was obviously aimed at getting rid of the American candidate for Iraqi prime minister. His state of the law party is very much a one-man show. Without its leader, it would probably break up into factions, and its winning parliamentary leaders attach themselves to other groupings in the 325-member house. So that's it. And I just find that, you know, like, something like that, you know, assassination of a leader is what got us in World War One. Mm-hmm. You know, even an inconsequential leader did. Yep. And so something like this completely turned the tide over there, and our media doesn't say anything about it. Well, I'll tell you what else they're not sa- telling anything about. I read a manif- somebody sent me forward to be a manifest uh, by the a company. I can't remember the name of it. But essentially, they were uh, shipping about 387 2,000-pound BLUs. Those are like big bombs. Yeah, the, the bunker busters, <laughs> the Moab. A couple of them are the Moab and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, via... A private contractor to Diego Garcia. Hmm. So is a private contractor going to attack somebody? Well, no. I mean, the U.S. Army stuff. But yeah, no. I mean, on the other hand, you never put people past it. You know, the story I just read is... Yeah, what's up? You know, know, I never trusted Diego Garcia. This pretty much proves it now. Yeah, yeah. He was always very intense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, give me the head of Diego Garcia. Well, speaking of the Defense Department doing... Wacky things. Here's a story. Defense Department official established network of private contractors in Afghanistan and Pakistan to help track and kill suspected militants. Okay. Yep. Under the cover of a benign government information gathering program called Operation Death Star. That's my own little... <laughs> no, okay. It's not called Operation Death Star. At least you clarified it. Yeah. <laughs> A defense, defense Department official set up a network of private contractors in Afghanistan and Pakistan to help track and kill suspected militants, according to military officials and businessmen in Afghanistan and the United States. The official, Michael D. Furlong, who's being hung out to dry, that's also my mm-hmm. commentary, hired contractors from private security companies that employed former CIA and Special Forces operatives. The contractors, in turn, gathered intelligence on the whereabouts of suspected militants and the locations of insurgent camps, and the information was then sent to military units and intelligence officials for possible lethal action in Afghanistan and Pakistan, the officials said. By the way, I read a headline today, I was going to print it out, but I just didn't have time, that uh, one, in three, uh, one in three hits from an uh, unmanned drone mm-hmm. uh, in you know uh, both Pakistan, Afghanistan, Iraq, and now in Yemen where they're now operating, one in three kills a civilian. Is a civilian really? death. Yeah, one no. in three is a civilian death. Hmm. So They'd probably like to get that ratio higher and more civilians. Yeah, they wanted at least 50-50. Get, get more accurate. Random, yeah. random fire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it has been widely reported. By, by the way, they can't beat our World War II guys who were carpet bombing the cities of Berlin and Tokyo. I think sure. they had almost 100% civilian sure. casualties, didn't they? Sure. And I would be I would be sort of okay with all that stuff had not Roosevelt you know it's kind of a, unequivocal now mm-hmm. I don't want to steal well I'm just not going to steal what's his name's thunder um, okay because he's coming on soon mm-hmm. so. yeah yeah you don't want to do that to what's his name yeah what's his name I don't, I'm not going to give it away not yeah. doing it so you when you see me. what's his name listed under our archive of shows you want to be sure and catch you'll know that. yeah yep um. While it has been widely reported that the CIA and the military are attacking operatives of al-Qaeda and others through unmanned, remote-controlled drone strikes, some American officials say they became troubled that Mr. Furlong seemed to be running an off-the-book spy operation. 
Um, the officials said they were not they were not sure who condoned and supervised his work. I wonder if his name mm-hmm. rhymes with Laney. I don't know. Could be Rick Laney. Mm-hmm. It sounds like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is generally considered illegal for the military to hire contractors to act as covert spies. Geez, you think? Officials officials said Mr. Furlong's secret network might have been improperly financed by diverting money from a program designed to merely gather information about the region. Hmm. So there you have it. You know, we hire everybody to be spies. We hire people in other countries. We hire the mob. Mm-hmm. We hire uh, people who are businessmen to it's do like that. It's like the KGB, you know? Yeah, I'm just surprised there's a rule against that. Well, what's interesting... I'm not saying I support it by any stretch, but I'm just yeah. not... Surprised like, we break it. it so often, why even bother yeah, call it, to call it illegal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Chuck Barris, the guy who... Ran the Gong Show was one of you know biggest yeah. agents for the FBI. I guess there were even allegations that Bob Hope worked for the CIA for a while. Is that right? Yeah. Well, thanks for those memories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the road to Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was also another story that I didn't have chance to along those lines. I didn't have a chance to print it out, but um, you know, there's been this sort of secret spy campaign that's been going on in Great Britain, where they take normal folks. And they sort of train them mm-hmm. a little bit to like spy on people that you know come through come through their daily life. Yeah. And now they're allowing those people to write tickets. It's crazy. It's mm-hmm. like tickets for what? Like traffic violations? Uh huh. Yeah, it's really okay. weird. You know, not just police and you know, yeah. uh, um, you know, law enforcement officials like the parking lot attendant. Yeah. Well, the line blurs anymore. Yeah. Because <clears throat> do they really act all that different? No. I mean, there's so much corruption everywhere in those things that who's accountable to who for what? I mean, sure. I mean, I could go say I want to arrest my neighbor down the street. Well, who well, knows who's in charge yeah. anymore? Well, here's a, here's another story that I did print out. Guns and two mass shootings. I'll just read the headline because now we're running out of time. Yeah. Guns and two mass shootings came from Memphis police, you know? Yeah. And the whole idea is that they said, oh, well, we were reselling this, but... Uh, if you researched, if you research it a little bit, they weren't really just reselling them. They were kind of, uh, well, we could get into it. Okay. It's, it's a very, it's a very well, suspicious story. I don't have time to read this other one I have, but I can tell you, ha- Happy Rage Day. Did you know today was Rage Day? The time Rage. Of, uh, cor- according to the Palestinians, uh, the day that we're recording this was designated Rage Day. And I think they were trying to start a uh, intifada uh, oh. today. I'll just read you the headline here. Uh, Temple Mount on alert due to synagogue. Uh, I don't know if you've been hearing about they uh-huh. read, they tried to fulfill this prophecy, uh, of this rabbi from hundreds of years ago that a synagogue would be operational again in Jerusalem on this past, like, March 15th. Mm-hmm. And they got it going. They got it going and there's been major riots on the Temple Mount. Um, it says, uh, although Monday, March 15th, went by without an unusual level of Palestinian violence, just a certain level of it, mm-hmm. you know, uh, aside from sporadic rock-throwing incidents against Israelis, Fatah factions opposed to Palestinian Authority Chairman Mahmoud Abbas calling on Palestinians of the West Bank and Gaza Strip, as well as Israeli Arabs, to mark Tuesday as a day of rage in the Gaza Strip, Halil uh, <laughs> like al-Ahaya, yeah, that's I mean, probably most of our listeners like feel that way. like 15 minutes of hate in 1984. I guess so. It says, uh, he says, uh, speaking, the ruling Hamas said, rivers of blood must be caused to flow, while the radical Muslim leaders of the Israeli Arab communities threatened to descend on Jerusalem in force. Uh, and it said that the day of rage must be the opening shot for a fresh uprising or intifada against Israel. Now, um, 
It says they are accusing the Jews of plotting to seize Al-Aqsa, which is the Temple Mount, in order to build their third temple and at the same time deny all Jewish claims through the ancestral connection to Jerusalem as one big lie. Uh, so this is really in the main news now about the Temple Mount and now they're thinking it's happening. If you go see on TV, you'll actually see them fighting. I mean, it's... Of course, the, the Palestinians have stones, and the other guys got tanks. Like but tanks, so it's a tough, but, uh, tough fight. But it's right going there. on, and we got to go. Speaking of fighting, Merv, would you fight your way through here and tell our listeners how to contact us at Future Quake? Future Quake radio broadcasts are archived at www.futurequake.com, suitable for downloading or streaming, as well as other show information. Email Dr. Future and Tom Bionic at drfuture at futurequake.com. That's D-R-F-U-T-U-R-E at futurequake.com. Tell us your name, city, and radio station or internet, and if we can use your name on air. Comments on the show's topics or guests or suggestions for future show topics or guests are most welcome. Dr. Future and Tom will discuss selected emails each week during the radio broadcast. Okay, we got to say goodbye. All right, well, goodbye. we got... Uh, reasonable quotient of stories in there. Yeah, no, that's very unlike hmm. most of the time. Not too bad. Didn't get yeah. too distracted. It happens. Ladies and gentlemen, come back uh, for our next great guest next week. Until then, we hope your future is always bright. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Join us next time as we dare to experience another aftershock of a future quake. Quake, quake, quake.